This podcast is proudly sponsored by Joro Protein, a Rhode Island plant-based protein supplement company designed for athletes and adventurers. They deliver 25 grams of protein, 5 grams of BCAAs, and 18 essential vitamins and minerals. It's non-GMO, it's gluten-free, it's allergen-free, no artificial flavors, no added sugar or stevia, and it has no additional gums, thickeners, or fillers. Right now, you can get 30% off on this podcast with the code JOROROADYSTRENGTH2022, and you can find them at JOROProtein.com. This podcast is brought to you by Phase CBD. That's P-H-A-Z-E. They are a local Rhode Island company who makes and manufactures a wide-ranging variety of CBD products that are formulated specifically for athletes. It doesn't matter if you're a crossfitter, a strongman, bodybuilder, or powerlifter. These products are for you. These products range from tinctures to seltzers to even roll-on applicants. By supporting this business, you're supporting a local Rhode Island business and you're supporting this podcast directly. Please check them out at phasesports.com. All right, what's going on, guys? Dr. Matt here, host of the Roadie Strength Podcast. We have another special guest on today who I'm super excited to have on, Brett Robichaud hey, over at Elevate. What's going on? What's happening? What's happening? It's good to be here. Number 43, right? 43, 42, something like that. Something I, like that. I think I'm notoriously wrong for when I say the number, so that could just be part of my stick. I'll just say the wrong number. When it comes All right, perfect. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Episode number 324. <laughs> exactly. Okay. We'll just repost it on that one, too. <laughs> It'll be brand new. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to give a brief intro on you, um, and we do have the video uh, we're recording out of the CrossFit Providence studios. I got my new flag in the background. It's a little wrinkly, but you can't tell as much in I the video. I didn't even notice. That's a nice flag. <laughs> right, thank you. This is, this is great. Um, so we have uh, Sensei Brett. He started martial arts at the age of 17, obtained black belts in judo, karate, and brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, his, his knowledge of martial arts has provided him with many different learning aspects of techniques and teaching styles. He now focus, focuses on coaching both youth and adult students holds a national coach certification from USA Judo and has a master's degree in global management from Saybrook University. So big stuff in the martial arts world and little roadie. I'm getting there. I know. <laughs> well, Rhode Island has has a deep background in martial arts in the state and you'd be amazed how many martial arts came up through here 60s, 70s and 80s. And then, you know, in the 90s, you, you had some great martial arts come up. But um, I think they're just well, I'll go further into my thoughts <laughs> about probably what happened. Sure. But um, um, about a moment. I, yeah, I, I do want to get into that because that's actually something I didn't have written down. So that's really interesting. And I know from the karate aspect, I was talking to a couple of people. And I know karate was really big in, yes, in Rhode Island history too. So, yeah. um, all right, but let's let's start off real quick with the rapid fire questions. Uh-oh. So right. these are mostly just for me, just because it's entertaining for me. Okay. I don't know if my listeners like it, so I've kind of chopped them down a little all right. bit. But uh, we have first one: favorite coffee shop. Could be Rhode Island, could be elsewhere. You know what? Um, my favorite coffee shop at the moment is this wonderful place on Wayland Square called Madrid and Sergio is from Madrid okay and unfortunately he's probably got the best pastries okay <laughs> in the whole New England area that guy crushes it alright I haven't heard of that so I'm definitely yeah. gonna check that out maybe we're going there in a little bit I See, love that Sir Sergio I hope they're, hopefully they're open on a Monday um, it's, so it's funny Sandra and I got married in Spain and so I, I have an affinity towards you know the Spanish culture and that sure. guy is like I like this guy I, like, I got married in Spain he goes you speak Spanish I'm like no 
<laughs> so no. yeah, does Sandra yeah. speak Spanish? No, no? Not really. <laughs> you guys know that's a, a whole other story yeah. too. Yeah, it's okay. Delightful. So yes, Madrid, Wayland Square. That was not a rapid answer, so I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> but, slow it down. No, that's listeners. fine. Sometimes this, these take way too long, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, next one, we got favorite breakfast spot, and it could be a repeat if it if it is. Um, so unfortunately, I don't eat a whole lot of breakfast. Sure. I'm, I'm like I'm like in a non-purposeful intermittent faster okay. you know it's yeah, like yeah. accidental um so <laughs> just fell into it almost any place that can that can serve some sort of breakfast that has actual real corned beef hash Ooh, not from the can yeah you know they try to sneak it on you they go we it's homemade i'm like is it from the can they're like no <laughs> i'm like if it comes to the can i'll know because it looks like dog food tastes like dog food and then they they're like there here it is i'm like that's from the can. They're like, yeah, but we grilled and add onions. I'm like, that's... <laughs> it's still originated from a can. It's just... That's what you get. It was at one point again. Yeah, at one point. <laughs> um, you just charged me $15 for canned food. So uh, <laughs> That's always tough, like, especially if you go to like an Italian restaurant too. You're like, I know these. this spaghetti costs 99 yeah. cents. The, um, <laughs> Why am I paying $30 for it? I think the, bre- the breakfast that I was supposed to say was, was the English muffin, because that's where oh. Sandra first laid down the law that Sandra's my wife. Sure. To let me know it was time to start dating. So where is English muffin? It's since um it's a good question. It's on the cusp of like Cranston Situate Johnson line. Gotcha. It's okay. Probably, then, probably next to the new location I'm gonna find for Ooh, Elevate okay. or MQ or whatever we're calling it at some point. I uh I've definitely driven by it because I can just picture it, but I just I'm like, where in Rhode Island is it? That's but, right, because okay. Liz is from Situate, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um there's another place that I actually had really good homemade corned beef cash. It hash. Cash. Also cash. <laughs> um, it's not close, but it's the farmer's daughter. Yeah. Have you heard of that place? Yes, I have. I think I've been there. Yeah. It's um, it's somewhere in Mass, but uh, there there is a farmer's daughter like also in Rhode Island, but the one in Mass I went to and uh, they had really good. Everything's homemade. Everything's like locally uh, sourced or whatever. Uh, but they had a really good one too. There is a really good one in uh, South Kingston. Okay. Uh, it could be Wakefield. It's in it's inside a bowling alley. Really? <laughs> it's one of my favorite breakfast spots. What, what's the name of that one? one? I don't know. Hey, it's hey, called hey. a bowling alley. Sorry. Yeah, it's I'm sorry. plugging your business, and I don't know your business name. In a bowling alley in South Kingston. There it's can't be that alley. many. <laughs> Wakefield, near Narragansett, next to the oh, BJs. Oh, I know where that is. I don't know anybody It's either. on the main road, or off main road, but on the main road towards yeah, the beach. I've been there once. It's fantastic. I was there yesterday. Thanks, guys. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, place most recent, uh, oh, I'm skipping one. And actually this might be a skip anyway, cause a lot of times it is a skip, but celebrity crush. And if, if you don't have an answer, we'll go to the next one. Uh, if you do, I don't, love have, to hear it. I don't have much of one. Um, I think the only one I'm bad with celebrities, I'm bad with names. So, mm-hmm. um, I think her name, <laughs> you're going to tell me. <laughs> okay. I'll try. Is, is I'm it, also bad with names. Cabela, so Camila Cabela. Oh, the singer. I think so. Great voice. That's I why I, like I don't it. even know what she looks like. She, she's got this one song. And I'm always like, oh, I like that song. I yeah. don't know the name of the song. Sure. Um, I think it's the one that made her really popular. But I was watching, I was at a restaurant with a friend and, and some young lady came on and she was the singer for, I think it was Liverpool against maybe Real Madrid. Sure. Um, it was last weekend, right? Yeah. And I was like, what? That woman's like beautiful. That's, she seems to be like really great. It's Do you know the name of the song? It was her. I don't know. Uh, the, no. I don't know. <laughs> Never be the same? 
Yeah, sure. I don't know. Commit. Yeah, it could be. I don't listen to pop music, so I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah. amazed I like it. <laughs> That's because I know go. I know who you're talking about, though. That's good. Um, Closest I get to a celebrity crush. I think. <laughs> so I like. I it. don't know any of your music except for this one. <laughs> I, think I think I know I your think name. Great. I think I know your name. We have a great voice. <laughs> great voice. Same very great answer. Yeah. Uh, place most recently traveled, or and or any trips that are planned coming up. Uh, let's go to the trips that are planned that's okay. coming up. Um, bizarre story. I have four weeks. I don't feel very prepared for it, but uh, I'm heading to Pamplona to run the Bulls. No way. Yeah, my so my father has done it three or four times. Nice. And in his youth, more youthful days, now he's in the 60s. Um, okay. My father was, I wouldn't say an epitome of athleticism. Like, sure. Um, I'm not sure where I got mine from. Other than mm. maybe my mother, right? Mm. But not from my father. Sure. So every time he used to leave, I mean, I remember being like 10 years old and I was like doing numbers. So I was like, that's like 800 yards. Like, yeah. I, I play soccer every day and I'm like only 10, but I tried sprinting 400 and it was almost impossible for me. I was dying. Yeah. I think dad's not going to make it. <laughs> and I remember just remember saying bye to my dad. I was like, all right. <laughs> bye, dad. See you later. My uncle's like, I'm going to bring him back. I was like, I don't think you can. Like, <laughs> smokes a pack of cigarettes every day, drinks all the time. Nothing yes. like, he can't, does never trains. Oh, man. Um, anyways, he survived several times. Good. So his legacy that he wanted to do was was run the Bulls with his with his son. So my younger brother and myself are going out to Pamplona to run the Bulls. I probably should take out an insurance policy <laughs> before I head out there. So, and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, my dad has an operation on his foot, so I don't even know if he's able to like walk well, never mind running, but he's mm. apparently running. Okay. And my little brother, I'm saying, Are you have you been training? He goes, I'm in my bike. And I'm like <laughs> So I promised Sandra I'll make yeah. it back. So we're gonna go uh Pamplona. Sandra's not gonna be there for that. Mm. And then we're gonna go to San Sebastian where um Sandra and I had our uh honeymoon. Nice. We'll be there just for a few days and then from there we'll head up to Greece because it's cheaper to go through Greece to the island of Chaos. And then to see my friend in Turkey, and we'll stay in Turkey for, oh, cool. for about a week or so. Oh, it's gonna be a great trip. Yeah, it's like a rush to Turkey. That's what it is. <laughs> and that's coming for four weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's July, <laughs> July fourth, I head out, and so I'm I'm trying to uh, get as many um, private lessons and classes and seminars mm. as I can before I go there. And I'm, oh, totally. The whole time I'm thinking, like you know, price of fuel and food are going up. I, I sure would like to just like save up for food and fuel here yeah. in the U.S. of A. Yeah. And now, because my dad, it's like his last ability to ever do this. I'm like, yeah, last time ever. Sure, <laughs> so let's sure. go check it out. Let's go do it. Let's <laughs> so go do it. Go. So uh, I have yeah. one more question on that before we. I mean, whatever. We'll go as long as we want it. But uh, so you said it's 800 yards. Yeah. And like you must get like a running like head start, right? Get I'm a sure head start. I'm, so I'm, there, the, the, I've watched this a lot through my ages. <laughs> I'm always like, I might have to do this. Yeah. So the other thing I should say is like, I'm not actually terribly excited to do it. Like I can't, it's not on my bucket list. Like I can't wait to do it. It's like, oh, I'm glad I can skip it. Right. Glad my dad's not going to do it. We can just skip it. Right. Like bullfighting. I'd be like more into that. Way more dangerous, I think. Sure. But at least okay. you have some control of not getting in the way of those horns. Yeah. Plus at a certain level, you realize maybe you're terrible at it and, and you shouldn't be doing it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When you're stuck in there with a bunch of drunk Spaniards and drunk Americans and drunk everyone else and everyone's like trying to run and crowded cobblestones that are slippery and all of a sudden the first cannon goes off and you're like oh bulls are in the streets that should be interesting <laughs> yeah second cannon goes off and it's like they're all running in the streets and I guess they time it so that way like by the time you get to the entrance of the stadium yeah bulls are on you 
and they're the biggest, meanest bulls in Spain. Yikes. Injury rates are real. Death yeah. is real. Do people die doing it? 100%. Oh, my God. You haven't seen this? And I've never actually seen it. I've always, I've just heard about it. I've never actually gone Yeah, apparently the entrance to, like, the stadium is not too much bigger than, like, this room. Yeah. Well, you can imagine. That probably fit one bowl. It's one bowl. <laughs> not that many people. <laughs> yeah. Do they have a cap on the amount of people that can do it? Uh, they do it, like, every day. But, like, my oh, dad okay. wants to do it on the first day because it's, like, these guys, it's less crazy. And yeah. I'm like, I kind of want to watch it before I like yeah. commit to it, but I don't have to strategize a little bit. I I, I bought the strategies. Nice, <laughs> nice. Looked at it. So the bulls go one way, so you should always turn the other way when you get to the stadium. Gotcha. Yeah. These aren't nice bulls. These are. They, <laughs> they're angry they're bulls. They're not pets. They're not your friends. Yeah. They are. They don't care if you're in the way. <laughs> gotcha. Well, good luck. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll move on to the next. I'll see you soon. Yeah. We'll move on to the Promise. next question. Uh, we have favorite podcasts. Um. So uh, the first podcast I got got really into was probably Tim Ferriss. Cool, yeah, I like that one a lot too. Um, I, I read the Four Hour Body. Uh, I read the Four Hour Work Week first. That really changed my perspective about life and work. So thanks, mm. Tim. Mm. Four Hour Body was great. I read X amount of that stuff, the slow carb diet, those sort of things, and just ideas. Um, I didn't read the cookbook, Tim. So if you're li- you're finally listening to Matt's podcast, <laughs> Tim. I didn't I didn't read the cookbook, so sorry about that. Uh, but the one that I probably got into the most just because it was such a long podcast was Joe Rogan's podcast. He always mm-hmm. had such interesting guests. Mm-hmm. I do martial arts. Joe Rogan does martial arts. Totally. He'd have very interesting people on all the time. Would it mm-hmm. be comedian? I mean, I, I have a bunch of wild, uh, different friends. So martial yeah. artists, comedians, scientists, right up my alley. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Um, that's I don't know if I had heard of Jordan Peterson during the Joe Rogan podcast or I'd listen to Joe Rogan, um, Jordan Peterson on his lectures that he had randomly online because mm. I'm always randomly on YouTube videos and I, I don't even know what he plans my feed. They just I, pop up. I like psychology. I like young and archetypes so that kind of popped in. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's Joe Rogan's fault too. Who knows? <laughs> Could be. But, so Joe Rogan was one of the few podcasters that was running for like two, three hours straight. Yeah. So my commute to work when I was doing... I opened Elevate, I changed jobs, careers, because I really wanted to learn sales. And I knew mm. my uncle had a company, right, as he was selling it, actually, that sold uh, software for engineers. Mm. And I also sold 3D printers. And I was in my master's degree at the same time. Mm. My master's degree was all about, like, global culture and management of dispersed workforce. That's a mouthful, sorry, but it's probably, like, organizational <laughs> system stuff, which really gets me going, right? <laughs> organizational behavior, system psychology within people and groups and group uh, group collective, unconscious, oh. all nerds right now. Okay, so um, that's going to pop up when we talk about martial arts as well. <laughs> um, so I, I knew that I would be forced to get really good at sales, which is so imperative to like actually running a business. Yeah. Um, no sales. No money. No money, right? <laughs> no it's money, so no sad. business. <laughs> and, and sales are really uncomfortable because you have to get yeah. really, really accustomed to failure. Just like, yeah. so the fast way to get accustomed to failure is like high price items. Sure. With engineers that are crazy difficult and you don't know engineering <laughs> and you don't know any of that stuff and you're not in love with it and you got to sell it. So yeah. um, I thought I was going to have more of a remote job for the company. Mm. And then my uncle sold the company right in the middle of me jumping into the company. He goes, by the way, it's like last in first out. So hope it works out. I was like, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. And if it doesn't, I'll get a job someplace else. Yeah. So 
it ended up not becoming a remote job. And so I was kind of stuck. I, I felt Ugh. very obligated because I, I love my uncle so much and he gave me opportunity to even apply for the job, mm. even though I could have had other jobs that would have definitely been easier, but maybe, maybe <laughs> easy is not what you need when you're sure. trying to develop the skills, right? Yeah. yeah. So I would, I found an apartment that was above the gym that I had opened in Exeter, mm-hmm. Rhode Island. Sure. Which I didn't know was a town until I had moved my gym there, right? <laughs> and so I would drive from Exeter to Marlboro, Massachusetts. And with really? traffic in the early morning and then towards the evening, it was sometimes like a two-hour drive. Yeah. And so I would drive two hours through traffic. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't like doing this. But I would convince myself it was all about a grit test and it's all about struggle. You're mm. fine. Don't be don't be weak. Let's yeah. go. Man, you do that for like a year and a half. You're like, <laughs> doesn't matter how much pot of speak you got. I right. Remember, I remember one car ride. I was driving up there. And I was like, you, man, this is so good for you. This is good. Like you're, you're getting all this knowledge. Joe Rogan podcast. You yeah. got audiobooks on the line. Thanks, Joe. Like, it got weird, though, because I thought Joe, I started, like, responding to Joe when he would ask a question. I was like, Joe's not here. <laughs> Wait, Joe's not here. And then I realized, yeah. like, you're driving too much. <laughs> and you're way too busy. Right. Um, so I remember just being driving, driving. I was like, it's good. It's a great test. And all of a sudden, like, everyone's slamming the brakes. I knew I was going to be late for, like, work and a meeting. Mm. And I'm just stuck. And I knew there was no accident. Just people just want to slam on the brakes. Yeah. I remember, I remember just saying out loud in the car, like, I, oh, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was me. I fucking hate this. Yeah. And I just was like, I just looked so, I just let it all like come over me. I was like, yeah. Yep. I'm very positive today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so two hours there, Joe Rogan podcast, or maybe an hour and a half, I was really lucky. Mm. And then I would try to rush out early from the office, which was not, no one liked that either because the sales weren't doing very well for this one department. Mm. I'd just make cold calls all day. So you have a, sure. here you are working a master's degree for like higher end, higher give organizations to help them grow and be creative. Yeah. And you're at the bottom yeah. making cold calls. Rough. No one wants your product because the product doesn't really exist and the marketing's not there. It was a software product for um for a large company yeah. called uh, SolidWorks. And there was a newer product that they wanted to make, but they didn't tell the, um, the other companies they weren't really going to like fully fledge it out they yeah kind of tricked everyone i have a weird parallel my dad was selling software uh for engineers in marlboro mass but it was a different company <laughs> was it cad edge or trimac uh kubote kubote <laughs> it's a japanese company well yeah i figured that <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up just shipping up and moving back to japan <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's, that's normal. That's okay. I get that. And yeah. they went like, oh, we're doing really good. And all of a sudden, like, oh, we're not doing really good. Yeah, this we're going to go back to Japan. This is how it goes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. new world. In is there a lot department. of companies like that in Marlboro? Oh, 100%. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you have all of Boston there. You know, you get yeah. MIT, all these colleges, all these engineers. And so all these people get entrepreneurial, right? And they yeah. And they're software companies. I mean, you have Desktop Metal, and that's a 3D printer company that makes. Prince metal, <laughs> right? Right, right, right. What? 3D printing metal. So pretty wild. Um, Mark Forge is up there. They're also doing very well with carbon fiber, some metal items as, as well. But like uh, Dassault Systems is, is like the huh. French company that owns SolidWorks. Yeah. SolidWorks was essentially another Boston area company. Yeah. Uh, maybe Cambridge or so, but I'll just say Boston area. Yeah, like, yeah. And so like you have some monolith companies that are up there. Yeah. Just crushing it. In fact, I have a, a dear friend. I'll go back to the podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Go for it. Uh, I have a friend, Dan Fragella, and he, he's like steeped in 
artificial intelligence. It's a whole other story that I can go over that revolves immensely around jujitsu. But wow, okay, I'll, I'll stay with this. And so he had moved out to uh, San Francisco because that's where like all the AI yeah is kind sure, of happening. Sure. And he moved back to Boston. He goes, oh, it's actually here. It's really yeah. So flop flop. Yeah, the Boston place. Robotics. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Hope those robots like us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, the podcast, I would listen to like half a Joe Rogan. <laughs> yep. Get out of the car, make cold calls all day, just like, and try to like really monitor what I ate and drank because mm-hmm. I had to make a two hour trip back. There's no time for rest stops. Sure. At all. Sure. And you got to stay awake. Yeah. Even though you've been on the road for four hours a day, cold calls inside an office with like glaring light that you don't like. It's probably not good for you. And sure. You, you see like the beautiful days outside. You're like, Bye, beautiful days. <laughs> Bye, beautiful I'm in here. Days. And then, um, so I drive hours back. Jorgen kind of kept me awake. Yeah, the road. sure. It was like someone was talking. Kept your me. mind stimulated. Right. Audiobooks are fun, but after a while, there's no one else talking. Yeah, so, it's like, a one-way you, you conversation. Could, it's a one-way conversation. Yeah. And so I would um, I'd get out of the car. I'd be next to her. My bladder would be too full. <laughs> and I would be just exhausted, tired, irritated, upset. Mm. And as soon as you open the door to the gym, like the coach, the sensei, yeah. no one cares if you have a bad day. In fact, yeah. you're not allowed to have a bad day. Sure, sure. So I would be like coming in like, hi, everyone. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good to see you. Hey, everyone. Hey, what's going on? Because you're the leader. Sure. And you're the coach. And you're yeah. the sensei. Like there's so many layers of relationships that you need mm-hmm. to like dig through. Yeah. And so that was always such a wild switch for me to go from like lower hierarchy yeah. to like top of hierarchy in like two hours to flip the switch you gotta flip it you yeah flip it hard and then you gotta return back to lower hierarchy hmm. um oh gosh <laughs> this podcast gonna be wild yeah. anyways i'll just i'll just end it on this um at this this one tangent this goes into another one but that's all right and so then i would finish coaching practice i would clean up center would be like i hate this i hate teaching judo and all these things and i'd be like mm-hmm yeah okay well i'm sure things will get better like well we don't have any money i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i know and then i would go upstairs we had to do we found an apartment above there so yeah thank goodness yeah and uh and then i would eat dinner and i would go right to work my master's degree wow it was bad yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> dinner for years um but at some point where uh just you'll have to remind me to go over lower hmm. hierarchies up uh, higher echelons of hierarchies within an organization and how people can fit within it and what the heck to do with creative people. I got a great uh, topic to, to bounce that off. Oh, of. So I just wrote a note great. down. <laughs> um, I, that was great. Cause we actually, we filled in a lot of gaps almost uh, ahead of the back to the future style. Yeah. In a way. Great. All right. So, all right. But uh, next question, we got favorite Instagram accounts and some people are just like, I actually hate Instagram and just move on. I'm like, all right, fair enough. But I mean, it could be something that's like, uh, inspiring something that's just funny, entertaining or something. Uh, maybe that's educational or something that you just like. <laughs> hmm. I think about it. Um, I can tell you right now, I do a terrible job at Instagram. Sure. I could have a great channel. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible job at Instagram. <laughs> People are like, "Where's Brett?" I'm like, "I'm right here. I'm Judo Brett, <laughs> Judo Dot Brett, whatever it is." Yeah. Um, there's like nothing on me. <laughs> nothing that I actually do every day. Sure. Like, when I think about like my normal day, I'm like, "Ooh, that's way more interesting than this other person that's like got like hundred thousand people." Yeah. <laughs> I've got like what two hundred. I don't post anything. Yeah. Uh, so Elevate Dojo. Um, sure. Yeah. We do a terrible job at our Instagram too. Like, I feel you guys have good pictures up. But yeah, you just pictures, but we have like, yeah, I don't know, like 
500 pictures we could post all the time. Never yeah. mind amazing judo throws and jujitsu moves. Never mind oh, like, totally. chopping down trees with giant axes that I like to <laughs> in my spare time. This conversation. These yeah, yeah. Things. But like, so yeah, um, I would like to be way better at Instagram. So sure. I don't even know if I have a favorite Instagram account. Sure. Okay. I watch uh, Mangler MMA. Okay. Uh, Matt, Matt Bissett is a MMA fighter based out of Connecticut. I watch his because like, I like Matt. Mm. He finds the funniest videos he shares on his story. So I find myself like, thanks, Matt. He did some digging for me. I don't have to do the digging. It's good. Um, I mean, it's not a big uh, Instagram kind of kind of thing. It's just sometimes when I go on Instagram, I'm just there to like almost watch TV in a way. Yeah, true. It's like, I got I to chill just out. Just out. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What about, um? do you like the whole like uh, Gordon Ryan that stuff that he does? And how- oh, I don't mind. I, yeah. don't, I don't mind Gordon Steph. I mean, um, so I'm a I'm a giant fan of John Donaher. Sure, I, I think sure. he's his style of teaching and concepts are uh, really really helpful on how I learn things and how mm-hmm. I can look at things and see through the lens of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have nothing but utmost respect for uh, great coaches, but even more so towards great combative coaches because I, I mm. there's just so many things that you have to go through as a combative coach or a martial arts coach that like you don't really get to talk about like it's not really a, a thing and mm. so I, I was trying to think to myself there's probably very few humans in the in the united states alone that have been a paid coach as long as he has been a lot of oh, business okay. owners um i don't know who has been a longer paid coach he started coaching in new york city i believe when he was a purple belt Okay. And it was a while ago. Now he started in his twenties, maybe even late twenties. Mm. And that adds a whole other element, which I'm I, I'm positive sure. we're gonna jump down pretty soon. Yeah. Okay? Now I didn't start like judo and jitsu realistically into my early twenties. Mm. Um and w- when we have other questions, I'll I'll, I'll I'm positive cool. I'll dive deeper into that. So John awesome. Donner, I, I have the utmost respect, and so as Gordon Ryan is one of his um most advanced students mm. I, I can appreciate all, all of gordon's hard work and, and things that he does totally um his instagram account's fine yeah it's all fine i think i mean he I'm, likes to troll people I, I'm, I'm, you know <laughs> when when you when you get like multiple black belts and you're still working on more belts and, mm. and you're doing martial arts and you get several uh, like undergraduate or graduate degrees yeah i just think at some point i should stop <laughs> I also have, um, we all have attributes, right? Sure. And mental attributes. Some are helpful. Some are not as helpful. Some are, can be helpful in certain situations. So sure. One of my helpful, non-helpful things is I'm a very creative person. Mm. So I have a high in openness and a crazy high in creativity. They're both like mm. almost in the 90th X plus percentile gotcha. so i can take in so much information from different lenses yeah and, and places that i'm like that's yeah. oh, all fine some yeah. people would see probably going ryan stuff and be like that guy's the worst yeah and i'm like oh. maybe maybe tunnel vision isn't the right word for it but they have less of a, a wide scope of like they this is okay yes this I is think, not okay well, a lot of people have less of an ability to have a wide scope sure and, sure. The, and there's actually as much as I think it would be helpful for people to be potentially more open, mm. there's also a potential of being not capable of having mm. as wide of an openness. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing 
nothing wrong with this, having a high ability for openness and high creativity. I don't know if you'd wish it on everyone. Mm. In fact, there, there's probably very few people that have both those things lined up. Sure. What that does is causes some issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> See how high openness, high creativity goes for your, uh, your nine to five job. Uh, I have one. I don't want to get too more deep into yeah. it, but I have one more um, one I wanted to ask you about for Instagram accounts slash YouTube. Sure. Uh, Daisy Fresh. Oh yeah, I watched Daisy Fresh. <laughs> Not, once again, nothing but respect for people that have uh, uh, results of any kind, and uh, you know they certainly have a culture that they're building. Mm. They're doing the right stuff, by yeah. the way. And by the right stuff, I mean they're posting. Yeah. training they, they put it up yeah. on youtube i remember i was out in california with a gentleman named scott nelson mm. and scotty nelson he he owned all the otm fight shops out there and, and he had he still has lucky gee but now he's got i'm sorry everyone potentially watching this every 50 people that are watching this right now are three thousand or three hundred thousand <laughs> um i'm all over the place today <laughs> i took those new tropics mm. and like they i guess they work for creativity i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like it's i didn't need i didn't need the extra creativity <laughs> i'll tell you that much um, uh so scotty nelson um i was out with him he now has a um stem cell research mm. hospital plus they also administer stem cells uh tijuana right outside sure. san diego so a lot of the top mma and jiu-jitsu and other athletes are going there and getting stem cells and like literally recovering some from some crazy injuries yeah but i met him and we're eating burritos like in la we had just done a they had just done a filming thing with like jeff glover and a lot of these other uh champions even mm. and henry akins was there as well and uh oh cool they um I'm eating burritos with Scotty Nelson and a few other his friends. I said, you know, you guys have it all. Like, mm. you just don't know you do yet. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, the sports that got truly popular, like the sports that don't involve teams and, mm. and ball sports, became truly popular based upon the capability of making video mm. in California. The ability to take video where you know how to edit and shoot at certain angles mm. creates an awareness and almost a longingness to try out these sports or at least watch them. Sure. So what are the major sports in California that took off that you're like, you, you couldn't think of California without thinking of these sports. What, what would be two surfing? Surfing. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm. Skateboarding. There we go. And, and there could be one more. I am. I mean, I, I would argue Olympic weightlifting too, because California strength was one of the sure. big like early like That's very yeah. true. Yes. Yeah. One more. Um It's cheating. It involves a board as well. Wakeboarding? Snowboarding. Snow really? Okay. Burton, all these places, right? Oh, Burns and Cali. I didn't know that. So <laughs> I, I digress a little bit. <laughs> we can go deeper into that. Sure. I'm check on Burton. I think you're in California. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like talking like Burton's once. Yeah. Sorry about that. I ride for Jake. Um, <laughs> have you ever been watching TV and a surf video popped up in the early 2000s? I'm sure. Did you ever look away? No. No. Yeah. Do you know no. how to surf? Yeah. Did you know? Did Did you know how to surf before you watched the video? Definitely, I I just learned how to surf like two three years so ago. Why yeah. the heck are you watching? Yeah, right, right. Because it looks say? cool. Because it looks amazing. Yeah, it's cut. It's got yeah. music behind it. Mm -hmm. The scenes, you're enthralled mm. by it. Skateboarding, I hate skateboarding. <laughs> but it's fun to watch. It. But if you put a skateboarding video on. Yeah. You cut it and you got the music with it. 
yeah, I'm going to watch. And an hour goes by. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Snowboarding? I don't do any yeah. of that stuff. I will watch snowboarding. Bit. Yeah. The film edits. It's amazing. Yeah. And you realize, like, just, you know, they have scenery over here. They get B-roll over here. Then they have the activity. Then they have the activity with the angle. They have people talking, people hanging out, plus music. And I just yeah. said, if you guys did the same thing for jiu-jitsu, yeah. you could create the same culture. Sure. The same people that are watching those, you could find a way for people to watch that, too. Yeah. Wouldn't you know it? Some videos started popping up. Amazing videos. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. The skating and surfing videos. You can find them on YouTube. They probably got like a million plus views. Yeah. By now. Um, SoCal Jiu-Jitsu, I think it was one of them, or California Jiu-Jitsu, like Jiu-Jitsu for the world. Like, and there's magazines that were coming out. And then hmm. all of a sudden you had things like flow grappling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. These these people realized like the sports that made it here in the U.S., the ball sports primarily, mm. right? Those The people that ran those sports as a sport league realized the number one thing that you need to do is not just people in seats in the stadium, mm. was to, but to get the virtual seats. Mm. So you have to get on TV. Sure. And you had to find a way how to adapt or modify your sport. Yeah. So that way it's on TV. Sure. Baseball, a lot of commercial bricks. <laughs> Football, a lot of commercial bricks. Basketball, a lot of commercial bricks. Yeah. Right? But the big thing is they secured the cable rights to watch things on TV. Mm. There's another sport that did that. Well, I would argue it's a sport and theater at the same time, perhaps. Mm. It's called entertainment now, but you need to be athletic and you need to be able to be entertaining. There was a, a, a major um, aspect of U.S. culture that manifested into what we now know as a sports entertainment. It, and it was based on a combative art, by the way. It was based on catch. MMA. Catch, uh, first, uh, MMA came after it. Okay. Catch wrestling became oh, okay. pro wrestling. Gotcha. And so the pro wrestlers, many of them were catch wrestlers back in the day. Was originated John Cena or, or that type of stuff, or no? Oh no no no. No, uh, I mean yes, that's yeah, that's pro wrestling. Okay, okay. <laughs> but catch wrestling is essentially submission wrestling. Okay. Whenever you hear Abraham Lincoln was a great wrestler from <laughs> Illinois, <laughs> yeah. You might want to think of Nogi Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> yeah. Does that make more sense? <laughs> sure. Now? Okay. Yeah, these guys are tough people. So catch wrestling had had catches catch can is still a style today. You'll have to YouTube it later. All right. Go down the rabbit hole there. <laughs> but you had uh, submission wrestling. Uh, uh, Josh Barnett is a is a famous catch wrestler for for such MMA folks, and there's several others, right? Huh. Bill Robinson, I believe. I hope he's still around, but he he had a wealth of information as well. Um, the McMahon family realized, I got to break it down. <laughs> Pro wrestling had what was called stables. Mm-hmm. And so in each part of the United States, each stable had a territory. Mm-hmm. A family, usually family-owned territory where they could go town to town on weekends or other nights where they would do their performances of pro wrestling. Okay. And so family had heels and good guys and baby faces, et cetera, et cetera. And so they would go town to town. That was their territory. You didn't enroach on someone's territory. That's their territory to run their shows and fill their tickets to fill their pockets to feed their families. Mm. The McMahon family, so we know Vince McMahon, but his father and him, mm. they started buying up people's territories. Mm. They were like, hey, do you want to sell your territory to us? We'll take the territory and then we'll have the WWF become part of the territory and so they across America and, and parts of Canada hmm. Brett Hitman Hart and his family Stu Hart uh, they would they would purchase the territories and the number one thing that they were doing not just territory town to town they were making sure the cameras were there they were filming mm. thus 
what we see now is WWE was WWF, yeah. WCW, and now you have all these other pro wrestling. Um, at least in the U.S., we can go over Japan a whole. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, we maybe we could. We'll see about that. Um, that's how it got so popular. It was just being on camera. Right, makes sense. So, more, more eyes, more eyes on the sport. The biggest thing that's the detriment for our our current combative sports involve grappling. Mm. Wrestling is on the rise now, being mm. watched, being watched much more. Flow grappling, flow wrestling. Sure, all these things are big proponent. YouTube is a big proponent. Instagram is a big proponent. All these things, yeah, potentially Facebook as well. All these things have become major players for that. Um, keep in mind, it was almost kicked out of Olympics like not too long ago. Wrestling was. Oh yeah, you didn't know this. Drug, drugs no. or no? No entertainment. Really? You gotta uh, to be in the Olympics. You have to be somewhat entertaining. Yeah. Judo is always probably a little nervous about getting kicked out of the Olympics. Like sure. wrestling, or is it wrestling with a jacket? It's too similar. Got some <laughs> differentiation. Um, maybe no leg grabs. Maybe that'll make it different than wrestling. Hence, no <laughs> leg grabs in judo at the moment, right? Sure, sure. So you know, there's all these things. Now there's there's other situations as well about why rules might be made, mm. but. We have to recall we're talking not too long ago, probably probably less than fifteen years ago. Still, wrestling was on the uh, cutting block for the Olympics. Wow, think about that. That's wild. Wakeboarding, the, like the wakeboarding, original sport. Wakeboarding's in. <laughs> ping pong, curling's in. Ping pong's in. Wrestling, <laughs> get out. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. One of the original. Yeah, sports. I know. Right? That's crazy. So, um, I think a lot of what needs to potentially happen, and we'll go further and further into this. It's just like those surfing videos, mm. just like the skateboard. Yeah. WWE, which is called now, uh, so we'll just call it pro wrestling in the United States. Mm. There has to be a capability of creating more fandom. Yeah. If you yeah. don't ha- create fans, we're always going to have a slight issue getting things to the next level for any of these combative arts. Sure. Um, Boxing is a little bit easier to become a fan of because mm. it's been on tv for x amount of time Forever. now wrestling was or at least catch wrestling was for a little bit it was entertainment mm. but it didn't work out it didn't it, made, it didn't get the same numbers as boxing had and for whatever reason i'm sure there's a bunch of them i'm sure there's boxing historians that could go, go over that more mm. um i think it's a little easier for humans who have no background in mm. combative arts two people have two hands the job is trying to knock each other out you're like all right drops watching a jiu-jitsu match yeah the rule sets that we have right now for it yeah uh, maybe even just we'll we'll pick on the gi for a little bit yeah yeah you're like which one's winning (laughs) i don't know the guy in the white key they're both wearing white keys (laughs) oh see that colorful belt yeah that's the other guy okay they're just hugging each other five minutes go by and you're like they're still just hugging each other, you know? And so, like, for us, for like, even, even as, like, a diehard jiu-jitsu yeah. fan, yeah. sometimes I'm like, this match is tough to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is happening. Yeah. Stalemate. <laughs> um, uh, so, there has to be a way to create an ability to have more fans mm. of the sport. And sure. right now, the primary people that buy the online tickets and the in-person tickets are practitioners of the sport. Sure, sure. I, I feel like it's getting a lot of hype I mean from podcasting we, Joe Rogan yes um, yeah, 100%. Jocko yeah are, are two big ones that they just talk about the training and Lex that, Friedman and how much they love is it. a big person I should yeah. I, sorry I should have mentioned Lex Friedman I've been really enjoying oh, okay. his podcast as well 
he wasn't around when I had to make those hard drives. Joe, Joe was around. <laughs> Joe stuck by me that whole time. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate you keeping me awake and not crashing other vehicles. <laughs> and giving me all that knowledge, too. Right. We had a lot of really smart people on there, and that was very, very helpful. Um, helped my active listening a lot. So, thanks. Um, I want to move on. This next question of our rapid fire. Um, oh, my gosh. It's all rapid fire. This is not good. <laughs> well, we've, we're filling in a lot of the gaps as we go. So that's oh fine. Um, you so can interrupt sweet. me whenever you want. Go I'll it. just keep going through the loop. I mean, I'll end up in the same spot yeah. at some point. But you're like, man, that's the hardest guy to interview. In no, world. you're good. You're easy. Um, current favorite submissions, moves, no, no. escapes. <laughs> I mean, you can skip the question if you want. But... No, we'll just we'll do it. We'll do it. Oh, God, ready for like another like thirty minute non dialogue, just monologue, a soliloquy maybe. <laughs> right. Okay. So for the longest time, I had an affinity towards consensuaza. So the limb. Okay. Uh, limb breaking. Right. Okay. Sweet. It's called consensuaza. Breaky breaky. Uh, terminology. Yes. The okay. breaky breakies and the takey takeys. <laughs> and a lot of that, I truly came down to like I was teaching myself jujitsu on campus. <laughs> we'll go over that story later. On campus <laughs> in the University of Redlands and out of my garage when I finally had a garage of some sorts in Redlands. I didn't have a car, so I just had to find people that mm. were like, "Hey, I, I found these mats." Do you want to try beating me? And they're like grapply things. And some people are like, who's this crazy person? And they're like, oh, that's Brett. He's always trying to do bring these mats around and try to figure this stuff out. You guys all have a, like a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah. I was like literally like running, because I didn't have a car. I would like run or uh, walk all the way down. I think it would not Barnes and Nobles. What was Borders? Borders at the time, potentially. Where is this? California. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here, province too. I mean, province sure. borders too, where they, they closed down. So it was either Barnes and Noble's reporters, and uh, mm. there was jujitsu books at the time. That was all that was available. YouTube really wasn't a thing yet. Sure. Uh, there was online tutorials. Uh, oh, yeah. So I would go in there, and uh, Eddie Bravo had uh, Mastering the Rubber Guard, and I would just couldn't afford the book. Mm. Sorry, Eddie. And so I would <laughs> sit down, and I would just like sit on the floor. And I would just read and read yeah. and read. And I was like, what's mission control? And I'm like, what is this? Triangles. Okay. Would you be practicing the things in borders? No, I'd have to memorize it. So that's, oh, yeah. So this is why like, I'm a hyper-visual learner. So sure. I can actually see something and be like, I got it. Yeah. And then I can go teach it. Yeah. Because I had to do that. Right. So I used to read the book. Run home like, for miles. <laughs> don't lose it. Don't lose don't, it. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Okay. And I would you forget one piece. You're like, shit. Exactly, you run yeah, back exactly. to like, I'd be like, and then, and then everyone would be like watching me. And everyone's like five people that I found willing yeah. to like, come yeah. by. And I'm like, and then you do. Okay. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> I'll be right back. Be right back. <laughs> and run it down. Um, so Consensus was it. And, and arm bars became such a big deal for me because I, I had the, the the sheer appreciation and honor of being able to have Amaria DeMars as a coach for me in California. Mm. So my now my father-in-law and my sensei is Serge Boisu. Mm. And he's one of the, the, the foremost judo uh, instructors, practitioners of all time here in the United States. Wow. Um, you can mention his name anywhere in the, in the U.S. If you know judo, you know sensei Serge. It's mm. just the way it is. International complete credit as well wow um, like as much as I think I figure out ju ju judo mm. 
There's <laughs> always more. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to catch up. Yeah, sure. You're always behind 10, 20, 30 years on someone. Yeah. So that's what I have to deal with, you know. So um, he got me to be able to train with Gary Goltz out in California. No, the judo I practitioner? Could, yes, yeah. he has a dojo out there. I could tell you how I used to get to practice over there, but I'm not going to on the podcast. Okay, <laughs> okay. Right. It was Sounds an hour away. I didn't have a car, and so I had to always find ways and rides and all this stuff, and there wasn't much of a public transportation. <laughs> so, um... I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's just too long with stories. Sure, sure, happen. sure. Nothing illegal. Okay, that's good. Just too long of a story. Sure. So, um, and I was at a tournament, and I, and I was talking to some random kid. I didn't really know judo, but I just knew put them on their backs, you win. Right? Yeah. At that time. And uh, if you get a brown belt at that time, you can finally armbar people. And I was like, hey, that would be probably good for me, right? Mm-hmm. And I ran into Amaria DeMar. She goes, I'm sorry, did you see you from Rhode Island? And I was like, uh, yes, yes, I did. Um, uh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Brett. She goes, well, I'm Amaria DeMar. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> Oh, okay. It's it's nice to meet you. She goes, do you know who I am? And I was like, um, your name, I think your name sounds a little familiar. She's like, it should be. I'm world champion. And I was like, okay, all right. Sorry. Uh, and she goes, well, I expect you to, you're Surge's student? You know Surge? And I was like, yes, Surge's the one who told me to come out here. She goes, oh, I expect you to win. And I was like, okay. That tournament, I dislocated three of my ribs and my collarbone for my sternum and all I can remember was Amaria saying you know Serge I expect you to win oh, and I had man. the fear of her calling Serge like You're, that guy's a wuss don't yeah. coach that guy anymore so I finished that tournament and I won that tournament no way with my ribs and my collarbone sticking out of my freaking chest oh. they still stick out by the way yikes ouch <laughs> didn't feel good um, so Amaria DeMars I don't know if you know it is Ronda Rousey's mom oh okay and so That's Maria awesome. DeMars was very adamant that judo did not mean the gentle way, that judo did not mean, uh, you know, uh, minimal effort, mm. maximum results, mm. the whole, like, uh, mutual benefit welfare. She goes, it's just about armors, but, like, knock it off. <laughs> So <laughs> it's that's, about arms where I got it from. Interesting. So I wouldn't I, put arm bars and judo together. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, think about it. How many ways are there to win a judo match? Now, you haven't been on my judo classes. You've been mostly my jujitsu classes. yeah. Right? Um, judo is jujitsu. Jitsu is judo. Okay. That's the way we can go deeper into that. I'll make that as fast as I can. People are going to be <laughs> freaking out right now, but it's all right. Um, so there's multiple ways to win a judo match. One of them... Hmm. Let's go over what winning a judo match is supposed to mean. <laughs> sure. Ipon. Uh, Ipon means like, you know, one. Mm-hmm. But what is Ipon, what is it supposed to symbolize on the battlefield? Ipon is Japanese for one. One. One full point. Gotcha. Okay. But in judo, the full point symbolizes winning. Gotcha. What's winning in a combative sport? Death. <laughs> taking taking the other person's life <laughs> yes. yeah in so, war <laughs> if you can throw someone with incredible power mm. to the ground sure flat on their back power control mm. could finish them they thought that was pretty much gonna be it yeah, yeah now if you're on a battlefield you're wearing armor and you get slammed like that it's probably it yeah right sure um, if I throw you with like an Osotogari outside and it's not grass but it's concrete yeah 
unless, with it. Like, unless I love you and I cover your head <laughs> before it happens. Right. I could be in trouble. You could be in deeper trouble. Okay. <laughs> right. Now the next things are, well, what's the next one? Yeah. Next one, at least in current judo rule sets, it is the hold down. Hmm. And so I, we can call it pinning, but if we start calling it pinning, we have different ideas of pinning based on folk style wrestling. We have three points down on the hmm. shoulders and the neck area. Sure. But a hold down is like, can I control you when I pass your dangerous legs of some sort, either through a, uh, uh, a pass or a throw, mm-hmm. and now I'm holding you down and controlling you. Mm-hmm. I can hold you down for 30-odd seconds on your back, 20 seconds on your back. Mm-hmm. Well, if I have another buddy, I'm probably going to be fine. <laughs> Makes sense? Yeah, you yeah. can't move and I can hold you down, I can probably start doing bad things to you. Sure, Whether sure. you're punching or kicking or submitting, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So those are the two normal ways of winning judo there's two other normal ways mm. one of them is arm bars okay uh or i shouldn't say just arm bars it was essentially joint locks okay so way back you you were allowed to do leg uh leg breaky breakies in judo yes well they took that out because they're like you know it's not good breaking people's not acl surgeries that we don't have yet right <laughs> sure <laughs> so, sure uh, plus there's an inherent risk due to the nerves having less sensitivity yeah. in your legs and your knees. Sure. Yeah. Maybe beginners should tap faster. Maybe they don't know to tap. <laughs> Gone. Right? Arms. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to walk around the arms. Your arms like, arm doesn't work. It's like, well, can you walk? All right. It's right. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, right? Yeah. Better than um, if you can't walk. <laughs> so, you know, if, if, if your arm is broken, mm. your ability to fight me after that is not going to be good. Yeah. I'm probably going to win anyways. I'm probably yeah. going to throw you, hold yeah. you down. Or the fourth way, strangle you. Mm. So there's the four ways to win judo. Are there there's uh, chokes? In, 100%. So it's just standing up jujitsu in, in many ways. Well, not even standing. This You're is, on the ground, this too. This is good. Yeah. This is good. You went right to it. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Now yeah. we're in it. Now yeah. we're in the mix. Here we go. <laughs> so what is judo comprised of then? Why? Here's a question that might be dumb or might be a good nope. question. That's great. We're, why we're isn't, think of it. Why isn't there a, a mixed... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> a judo and jiu-jitsu competition. There is. Is it mixed martial arts? Well, yes, if you add a temiwaza, like, which was the original form of jiu-jitsu as well. Temiwaza is punching and kicking, right? Okay. Okay. Um, Kosen judo probably looked alarmingly a lot what we see in sport jiu-jitsu today. Okay. What will ADCC? The jiu-jitsu competition? Yeah. Yeah. They usually... Seems a lot more throwing, doesn't it? Seems a lot more wrestling. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. They had a great, great, I thought it was one of the best versions of jiu-jitsu competitions. It was called Quintet. I think they're still doing it. It was mm. a team competition. They do it for uh, college, high school judo as well. Okay. And so you, you have stalling stuff. Yeah, it's no gi right now in the Quintet, but you have stalling. Man, they can call you for stalling. I think Gordon Ryan got called for stalling when he was mounting someone because he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> from the top mount. He was like, what? <laughs> um, you get yellow cards. It's really great. So three that, three that, yellow cards, Cheetos, so that you get disqualified. No way. Okay. So this is this is great. We're right in it. <laughs> there is, and there's becoming more and more um, avenues for jiu-jitsu and judo athletes to start showcasing certain skills. Mm. Everything about the sports that we see today for combative sports, not for the martial art itself, let's mm. just go for sports, Sure, is only really revolved around what are the prerequisites and rule exchanges that leads me to winning. Mm. Sure. It's all about the winning. No one likes people who lose all the time. Yeah. 
I love him. He loses all the time. There's <laughs> <laughs> not a whole lot in our culture where you're like, yeah, yeah, great. So yeah, go Cleveland Browns. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's just I, that's just the way it goes, right? People yeah. like to see excellent, like they like to see excellence win. I'm not saying you have to have a perfect record, but people like yeah. to see if, you, if you're losing all the time, you're like, you should, we're probably not going to follow you. Yeah, it's probably not going to help us very much, right? Sure. Um, the rule sets dictate how to win. Mm-hmm. In judo, the rule set was comprised over X amount of time. Keep in mind, these, these judo, the name of judo is not very long. Mm. Maybe 120, maybe 130, 40 years. It's been called judo. Okay. And Kodokan was created in 1882. They might have still been calling it at the time, by the way, Kano Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, interesting. Kano Sensei, Jiro Kano, developed judo was Kano Jiu-Jitsu at the time because mm. he was learning from three different Jiu-Jitsu instructors who all three subsequently passed away before he could finish a lot of his training. Mm. So like me in college, unbeknownst to me, he made his own like little dirt patch. It was like, anyone want to like throw and choke each other in this little dirt patch, right? Um, and most people are like, let's get away yeah, from that guy. Of, but the few days <laughs> they got really good. So the whole concept about why Judo was called the gentle way mm. oh man we might be skipping around i'm so sorry that's fine that's fine how i have to keep it technical for a second I'm okay gonna, i'm gonna get lost okay this all started because you asked me how to win judo <laughs> same way as you win in jujitsu if you really think about it sure okay okay um jujitsu in japan was typically taught as a samurai class kind of um, martial art. Makes mm. sense, right? Sure. Yeah. Your job is to fight with weapons and these really big razor blades called katanas, right? Don't get stabbed. That's kind of like the job. Yeah. Don't die. <laughs> um, Jiu-Jitsu does really well with being unarmed and not dying from sharp pointing blades. Okay, yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, I lost my sword. We'll play Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> okay. Uh, punching and hitting the armor, probably not so great. Sure. Try not yeah. a whole lot of damage. My fist up to your, like, shells, okay? <laughs> um, but if I throw you, yeah. smack you on the, on the on the back, or maybe I'll have time to gas my buddy for help or take out a blade, a small blade of my own, and like, oh, let's go at it. Yeah, yeah. Strangle, do other stuff. That's when the armor was there. Then when the armor became less than that, it still came, was prevalent, right? Mm. Um, so... There's there's other layers to this. I'm I'm skipping around. I'm, That's I'm very right. sorry. But That's like there's right. so much information that I cannot like contain. So if anyone's listening to this, you're like you're missing all these things. Like I know, man. Like, I'm trying. To get, we're like still in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. I haven't hit on any of the questions yet. That's okay? all right. Um, you have to keep in mind that during this time, there was a almost like a cultural revolution in Japan. Mm. The social classes are, are literally flipping on its head. Okay. The samurai, which you know, it was pretty high up in the social hierarchy of things. Mm-hmm. They're right up here. And merchants are like below everyone else. Interesting. Artisans, merchants are way down here. And when the Western uh, cultures came in and, and forced their way in to do trade and stuff, mm. that culture switch happens like this in a very short amount of time. Merchants, mm. business people, they suddenly take the top part and the samurai are slowly being cut down in their mm. power and abilities to have a higher area of hierarchy. They get rid of the top knot. You're not allowed to have that. You can't carry your sword anymore in the streets. They outlaw swords in the streets. 
There's like hmm. two major signs that things aren't going so well for the samurai. And the, the top knot was a symbol of hierarchy, essentially? Yes, samurai. Yeah. Right. So they start getting rid of like the old traditional ways, probably mm. from the Tokugawa era, and, and they start replacing it with more westernized cultural things, hmm. which I can understand. Like they were like, we need to catch up fast. We've been, we've been an island folk for like two, three hundred years. Sure. And... Uh, we thought we were advancing pretty fast, but these people just came over with a steam engine. Things aren't so good, right? <laughs> okay, rifles arriving, all these things. Yeah. Um, and so what happens is you have these martial artists who used to teach for these uh, the, the lords and the feudal kind of ages over there. They used to teach. They're, they're pretty well-respected teachers. Mm. Now now they got to make money, and no one wants to take jiu-jitsu or any of their arts because that's not going to help you. Sure. Next stage of things. Sure. Or at least what people think. So a lot of jujitsu back then was um, hand in hand with essentially prize fighting, which mm. now we see today as like a cool thing. Yeah. But back then they're like, ah, I'm not letting my kids become a prize fighter. Right. Like, right. Die in those matches. I'm good. Right. Yeah. Like a, almost like a back alley boxer. Yeah. Or something like yeah. That. yeah. I mean, they're prize fighting, right? Yeah. So uh, Jerry O'Connor is, is is a genius. Mm. Uh, he was a, essentially. The, the great teacher or the great professor of Japan and so he's like yeah I think this stuff is so important for like the harnessing of human potential mm. we gotta keep this going yeah and so jujitsu means essentially soft or giving techniques okay mm-hmm. doesn't feel so soft all the time but if you think about it you're not hit going force with force yeah okay you're giving way and taking okay mm. Tory kind of relationship and you're Defeating people through strangulation and breaking of limbs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Of course, you could always add Temi Waza in there, striking, but that's a different story for a different time. Mm-hmm. Jay Rocano said, Yeah, he, he has the code con, and he's teaching not just martial arts, but he's actually a teacher for a lot of the students, of the, the children, the sons of the people that are running the government. Mm-hmm. They're sending their kids to him, to his school. Just so happens, he's like, man, jujitsu is a good idea to create artificial struggle to make these people have an understanding uh, of other people and and uh, grit and tenacity and respect and humility and patience and kindness for your fellow man. Sure. What if, what are the qualities that you can build on the map mm. within this space of four walls into Tommy? What if I can harness your human potential here? That when you walk out from the doors, you can then continue that mm. growth into your everyday life of family, friends, community. Sure. What if here I can make a better family, town, community, nation? Sure. Yeah. I think that's... Mutual benefit and welfare. Yeah. And so that's what dough is. That's the way. Dough? Yes. So he started... He went from jujitsu to judo, the way. Uh-huh. Now other styles did the same thing. Because he realized like... He's on to something, and we might be able to survive this and be able to have, in Japan, a lot of times they have budo areas, uh, budokans, where it's a place of training. So the state mm. and the country will, will help pay for martial arts instructions plus dojos. France mm. does the same thing, by the way. A lot of places in Europe do it. It's mm. a pretty good idea mm. if you think of it more as a social aspect or socialism aspect mm. of what could potentially help other people. Sure. Pros and cons to all this. Keep in mind. Yeah. I, I like capitalism. Yeah. But in some aspects, it does make things a little difficult if your sport's not popular. Yeah. Which we went over before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Aikido. Mm. Aikido Jiu-Jitsu. 
that's what it was called before. Master Weishba called it Aikido. Interesting. Okay. I have a friend who does Aikido. There we go. Well, yeah, we, yeah. we can talk about that in a moment. <laughs> uh, karate was called T. Tang. Hands. Chinese mm. hands. And then it became empty hands. Because when we moved to Japan, they're like, oh, we should call it something else. And then <laughs> karate. And they're like, I should probably call it karate do. The way of the empty hands. Mm. And then kenjutsu. Sword, right? Kendo. Okay. Now you're realizing what do is. <laughs> the way. The way. Because <laughs> they realize you, it, it, it's not like, it's not, it's not always about making the best fighter, but it's about making the best human that you can mm. to hopefully help your nation and your community out. Sure, sure. Was, was, uh, as far as like how everything started, was judo mm. the, f- one of the first, essentially, and then things kind of evolved from there? The idea of do. Okay. The idea of do was, the f- okay. Yeah. The belts also came from judo. Gotcha. Okay. Because it's dons, the grades, mm. cues, and then dons. So what we now know is jujitsu, white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black. Yeah. That's another funny story about how that gets created too. <laughs> uh, that one's quick. I can just tell you that one quick. I have a question on that. Yeah. All right. I can, well, I'll just keep going with it. <laughs> so at some point, like Jigoro Khan and all the other people that were in the Kodakon, they're like, you know what would be helpful? Knowing who's good and who's not good. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that guy, pretty sure he got thrown in his head. You know, it's his first day, right? right? They're like, what? <laughs> I had no idea. Right? Uh, so black belt was created. Yeah. White belt was created. In the beginning, black belt, the first degree, Shodan, was really there to be like, that person can go compete and not get hardly injured. Mm. They can at least fall correctly. Yeah. Right? Or know when it's time to tap or escape. Over time, the Q system became more and more prominent and the Dawn system became prominent but not as at least where we are in the US not as prominent to show you how good you are at fighting mm-hmm. the, the dawn system when it was first screened in Japan for judo depending what dawn you were meant mm-hmm. that's how much better you were at fighting okay so a third dawn should be able to beat the, the, the showdown the first right, dawn, right? it's more of a skill thing yeah and now it's skill in conjunction with coaching, teaching, and giving to the rest of the world, which is mm. still very true in jiu-jitsu and judo ranking today. Sure. But I'm just letting you know, before the colored belts were created, yeah, the dons were essentially the colored belts. Sure. sure. Right. Um, the question is, where did all these colored belts come yeah. from? <laughs> France. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Judo in France. There's huh. a Jude instructor in France. I don't know if he was Japanese or French, but together they, they were like, hey, excuse me, Kodakon, I have an idea for these kids. And they're like, go on. We're listening, but we'll judge you. Um, Can we make colorful belts? They're like, why would you do that? And they're like, it's really helpful for these kids in these Western nations that maybe aren't so like forced into this as your kids. Um, and they were like, good idea. It's pretty good deal because you already have the Q system. So yeah. why not give them belts? Yeah. There wasn't that many at the time. Mm. Uh, now at the cadet age uh, or even kids age for judo, you, you've got everyone slightly different, but let's just make it simple. You got like white, yellow, orange, green. Mm. What happens after green? These are u- usually youth belts anyways. Sure. Blue. Oh, okay. Purple, brown, black. And what is it for jiu-jitsu? Blue. Purple, brown, black, and underneath the IBJJF rule sets was the for-profit company, mm. and many of them own Gracie Baja. <laughs> Just 
than you know. Sure. I'm answering other questions that you might probably have later sure. on about yes. how these sports are different, right? Yeah. Um, you have to be 16 to get a blue. And then okay. two years older than that, purple, brown, black. It's a little more by years, right? Um, or, no, for, but no. By, by age. But by in age, the end, okay. you're not going to have that many judo youth players who have a blue belt until they're probably close to 13, 14 anyways. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it all kind of evens out based on ability and skill. Yeah. Interesting. Yikes. Um, I'm going to take, we'll take a break real quick and then we're going to come back into it. All right, Any we are testing back. we need to do? <laughs> What's that? Any testing? Any sound checks? Um, no, I think we're good. All right. We get, we get the, uh, the squiggly line is, is making it's, moves. It's so squiggles. All right. We're picking stuff up. Uh, so we kind of left off on, or we were alluding to kind of some of the differences between yeah, judo and jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, what, so. Let me. Yeah. I'm going to preface this by saying everything I'm saying right now, I could go way deeper into. <laughs> yeah. And I can also tell you, I don't have all the answers. Sure. And sure. I, I can go over great examples of how I don't have the answer in, in a moment. In, in another, um, another question, I'll go. I'll go over some of that stuff. So I will say there are people looking for answers, though. Mm. Um, this gentleman on YouTube, Ch- uh, Chadi. I don't know if I'm saying your name right. Mm. Sorry. He could be a good podcast person. Okay. He's a a, a French judo player. He's I think he had a, he's an adult brown belt. Okay. So he's got a very different perspective about a lot of things. Sure. Because he's very much still engrossed in becoming a student mm. for, for judo. But he has a great YouTube channel. He's got a lot of videos and mm. he's looking for answers. And he's found some really cool stuff along the way. Mm. Um, I think he's in Japan right now realizing like, wow, judo is like pretty deep, mm. which it is, which <sighs> we know. So it's jujitsu. So all these things, there's always a depth to each one that we're like, I figured it out. And then you meet somebody like, I didn't figure it out. <laughs> I'm so off. Right. And I, I have great awareness things from that too but let's let's try to go as fast as I can <laughs> the basic differences between judo and jiu-jitsu are the rule sets and the values that are inherent in each one mm. the values of what people want to see in order to win mm. are they changing 100% everything grows and decays and changes in different ways right a lot of people would say like well judo like keeps taking out really effective things like leg locks and now you can't grab the legs and you do I'm like well there's always a yes and yeah you, not everything's negative sure it can be it can be negative all you wanted to look at it's just the negative things but there's more you know there's more to it <laughs> someone said to me like I hate it when they take out the most the, the, the best stuff that's what's happening to judo like it's getting watered down and I was like well we could bring back eye pokes <laughs> <laughs> yikes yeah. There's a lot of blind judo players walking around. Well, we can bring back eye pokes to jiu-jitsu too, right? Sure, sure, yeah. Fish hooks would be good too. <laughs> but is that in the mouth? Yeah, in the mouth. <laughs> it's very effective. Oh, ouch. The only reason why we have judo, jiu-jitsu, to what we know of it today, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Japanese jiu-jitsu, judo, et cetera, et cetera, kosen judo, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's because Kano said, Jugo Kano said, if I take away all these things that really mess up your training partner, I bet we could train really, really hard. Yeah. And everyone can be friends afterwards, and we still get really good. Yeah. That his genius was Randori, free practice. Mm. Interesting. Amazing stuff. The thing that we love to do so much rolling around, choking people, yeah. armbarring people, like, ha, ah, it's a game, it's a sport. Yeah, thanks. That's just Rand that's Randori in a competitive 
uh, situation now we're competing yeah we get to practice randori and for people that aren't comp- well that's a whole other topic <laughs> for people who aren't competitors there's like a vast amount of benefit you would get just from going to practice yeah v- like vast i don't compete right now yeah, yeah. every now and then i go I'm, gonna, I'm still competitive every now and then i go like i'm gonna go compete and then i start teaching someone that's about to go into a competition i'm like oh, i forgot like this gives me value too mm. in fact i may like this more than competing just for myself sure and that's kind of like yeah it's kind of where i'm at sure um so that takes up all my time <laughs> the differences between judo and jitsu are the values that were placed when the sports were developed based on the rule sets so mm-hmm. Drico kano as much as he liked all aspects of what jujitsu was supposed to be mm-hmm. jujitsu comprised of waza techniques okay mm-hmm. uh nagiwaza Kensetsu Nagewaza's throwing mm-hmm. techniques. Okay. Kensetsu Waza, limbs of breaking. Breaky right? techniques. Breaky breakings. <laughs> Shimiwaza, strangulation. Okay. And uh, Katami Waza, hold downs past the legs. Hmm. Those were like the major groups. Okay. Right? But if we take away the major groups that comprises of what judo and jujitsu is, by the way, because you know, since I didn't just say arm bars, I said limb breaking sure There's limp that this i'm explaining jiu-jitsu as well yeah yeah in some fashion the main differences is like the depth of knowledge that you need to be a master at both tachiwaza standing techniques and mm. neiwaza groundwork techniques never mind the intro in between the two mm. it's a lot of information sure in fact before world war ii there was two locations of the kodokan there's one in tokyo one in kyoto and remind me what the Kodokan is again? It's the uh, the first the first real dojo for judo. Okay. For what we now consider what is judo. Okay. Okay. Um so this is probably mostly from Chadi, right? He did a lot of research on Isayo I just forgot the Japanese gentleman's name. Sorry everyone. <laughs> Come back to me next time. Yeah. Right. Um Keep in mind, I do want to. I do want to talk about Robert Drysdale, who, who I believe has just come out with a book. Okay, I might want to write that one down yeah. there. Robert Drysdale. Yes, he ha- he has a book either or even a film maybe that's coming out where it goes to the history of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Gotcha. So the Gracies have quite a strong hold on the history right mm-hmm. now, and I think Robert goes deeper into it, seeing where the differences between the Japanese and the Brazilians really came came by. It was probably the advent of certain rules in, in the nineties, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, let those guys talk about it right for now I'll jump in later uh, but it, it sounds like in Kyoto they worked immensely on mat work and if you can find the videos online on YouTube if you're able to like hit the search bar correctly you're going to see them drilling and performing moves and demonstrating for film mm. and you go wow that looks eerily familiar to today's modern jujitsu. Mm. It's like Delahiva guard sweeping, Tomonage sweep, Sumigeshi's passing the guard, dive through uh, knee cuts. You're like, okay, <laughs> interesting, right? Um, and then you had Tokyo that focused a lot more on Nagiwaza, on Tachiwaza, on the standing throws. So it was fun for them to compete against each other. It's like, who's going to win the better mat work guy today or the better thrower? And mm. their rule sets were based upon where both sides could potentially get some wins. Sure. You know, who knows how many slams it took in every tournament. Maybe it took two or three slams to win mm. uh, a judo tournament. Maybe it was just one. Mm. Um, 
so rules always change things but Jigoro Kano was like be careful making judo into too much of a sport he never really wanted it to be an Olympic sport hmm. but he wanted the Olympics in Japan he thought it could prevent World War II okay wild guy right yeah um, he tried to convince the people in Europe it didn't work out and he died on the voyage back to um, back to Japan on the boat wow it took a long time boat yeah. to Europe yeah not a short trip no Panama Canal I don't know if they were able to use it at that time. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, Jigoro Kano was like, you have to remember that this, as much as this is a fun sport, and mm-hmm. then pulling guard, Hikikomi, all that stuff, is, is a great way to win these matches. It's not great for self-defense. Mm. Just pulling guard. Sure. Self-defense against multiple opponents. So you always believe, like, if you have better standing work you can fight multiple opponents in self-defense scenarios right more so than on your back or on top of someone it's like in the action movies the hero's always on their on their feet beating up 20 guys he's not yeah. on the ground it's very hard to fight 20 <laughs> people on your back yeah it's yeah. just hard to do that sure it's hard enough on your feet there's a <laughs> yeah. multiplier issue you know you have right. one person like not so good you had two people like wow we might not get out of this three yeah. people you're like Oh my gosh. So um, throwing, or at least Tachiwaza, standing work. Tachiwaza's mm. throwing, Tachiwaza standing. Drew Kano was always like, be, always was trying to remind people, like, please remember that this is still self-defense, still a martial art. Mm-hmm. And you have to be very careful making it more more about winning. Sure. You'd be amazed what people do to win. Yeah. Okay. So the rule sets are still like big throws are still a major way to win judo. Mm. Sometimes 60-40, right? 60% throwing, 40% mat work. Sometimes it's 70, sometimes it's 30, mm. whatever. It, it would not be uncommon to go to a, a judo gym in the United States and be like, oh, they've got some great standing capabilities. Maybe some of them still shoot on legs and all that stuff, okay? But their mat work, some of their best guys might be merely blue belts mm. on the mat. Mm-hmm. okay how much time do you have yeah right right if you're only going to come to judo practice or jiu-jitsu practice for an hour maybe an hour and a half two or three times a week a mm-hmm. recreational yeah i don't like saying recreational but I, I would prefer to say lifestyle lifestyle yeah um martial artists how much time do you have and if you're trying to learn judo as a person in their 20s mm. how how much time does it take me to teach you how to fall correctly? How to fall yeah. to every angle of like 80 plus throws. How to be aware that there's 80 plus ways to throw from 80 different throws, a different, now what about from a taller person, a shorter person, yeah. a heavy person. There's so many dynamics that are so vast and important. And Tachiwaza, mm. I haven't even begun to talk about mat work. Yeah. Right, right. Does that make sense? Like, okay, this is a this is the most important. We get to focus on this first, and more often, more often. Yeah. Now, inherently, because judo matches, all ma- all matches start on their feet, but judo matches primarily will stand you up if they're if you're if you're not doing anything for mat work, they'll stand you up. Mm. So you're back on your feet, you're back to grabbing, and and they value full offense all the time. You get penalized if you're defensive. You get penalized mm. if you're running away. You get penalized if you're not attacking enough. You get penalized if you're tired. Like there's so many things that get penalized for for not all out offense. Sure. And the very nature of throwing someone is inherently more dangerous than doing that work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you get falling body weight. Yeah. So when I coach judo, I am like not always very nice. 
Yeah, sure. Especially to my adults. Yeah. Because if you don't listen to me, you know, do you get hurt? I do it my own way. I'm like, well, your own way is going to blow your knee out. Yeah. Or someone else's knee out. I can't have that happen. And I refuse yeah. to let it happen. Sure. I'm like a dictator when it comes to judo. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu, I'm far more open yeah. and calm when mm-hmm. I coach it. Because inherently, just by the nature of positional, at least with sport jiu-jitsu that we're doing today, mm-hmm. for what we would consider Brazilian jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. right? Or mat work for judo, whatever you like to call it. Right? Yeah. Um, there's a floor. Your butt or back is on the floor, typically, if you're the bottom player. Mm-hmm. And the other person could be knees, one knee up, one knee down, or standing. Those are the primary positions of being in mat work. If at any time I, the bottom person gets up on two knees or onto two feet, you're no longer in mat work. Mm. You're in standing work. Yeah. But based on the rule sets of jiu-jitsu, where the takedown is only worth two points as opposed to a whole win, mm. maybe not everyone needs to focus on being great takedown artists. Maybe they can just pull guard and just perform crazy well right from there. There's no stalling in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Especially in, in the gi. If I can get a bunch of grips and drag you down, drag your head below your hips, I can start sweeping you back and forth, create kazushi. Kazushi is degradation of balance back and forth. Mm. And I can start making you move. I get my submissions off my back. I can sweep you down on top. It's amazing. Yeah. But do the nature of the positional situation for mat work, for nawaza, for what we most time when we think of jujitsu is mat work, right? Mm. In today's modern version, um, it is inherently safer because it's inherently slower. The whole concept of judo and jiu-jitsu is to negate the danger of explosive mayhem happening to you. Mm. Okay, uh, uh, John Donner has has a beautiful um, metaphor or, or, or explanation of like what's one of the most athletic things that you see. It's someone throwing a javelin, right? Okay, and they run. You got the javelin out. I just saw a javelin video the other day. That's weird. I'm like, wow, that was incredible. That is incredible, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. How many yards did that javelin go? Do you think? I couldn't even guess. I have no idea. More than five, far. right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Like crazy. Yeah. Running, comes back, crazy. That just launches that. Yeah. Back. You're like, whoa, okay, that is an athletic feat. Yeah. Okay, what if you come down to his knees? It's much harder. Do you think you throw anywhere close to far? <laughs> Negative. <laughs> okay. That's John Downer's way of explaining it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I would, for the kids, they don't know what a, uh, a javelin is. So I say like, who here plays dodgeball or baseball? Yeah. You're like, you run around and throw the ball. They're like, yeah. You think you throw it really hard? Like, yeah. What if I made you throw it from your knees? They're yeah. Like, no, you can't throw it very hard. That's like, welcome to judo and jiu-jitsu. Kids. There you go. So take the javelin on someone's hand. Take the ball on someone's hand. Now it's a fist. Yeah. Or it's a kick. So if I'm standing in front of you, even if I have black belt and karate, let's say, and no kickboxing, boxing, and Muay Thai and all that stuff, if I'm looking one way, I turn this way, and you crack me in the jaw when I barely had time to see it. Yeah. I'm probably going to go down. Yeah. Unless I ran at chin. <laughs> right? And even still, I didn't see it. You could, still ca- you could still catch me. Yeah. But if I grabbed you and put you at least down to two knees and you punch me then, it's going to be way less problems mm. for me if you were standing up, hitting me in a standing oh, position. Oh, totally. Yeah. And if I could put you on your back, yeah, your chances of hitting other than an up kick, which is mm. always the issue about legs... Mm-hmm. Right, when we can go over sport of jiu-jitsu and uh, sport of MMA and how things change when you allow up kicks to a down opponent or not. Oh, yeah. We can go over that another time. That's too much talk. <laughs> um, I, my, my objective is always pass legs in that work because, one, legs are dangerous. Mm-hmm. They're crazy strong. You can yeah. run upstairs and up mountains, right? Yeah. So they're way stronger than my upper body. Yeah. So I can use, learn how to use my legs to hit submissions. 
But if I just kick you in the face, yeah. I'm going to have the extreme ability to knock you out, cause extreme damage. Yeah. So all the time, my whole objective, if I need to defeat you or hold you down, is to pass your evil legs. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then I have a hold down position where I can have either a series of pins or hold downs where I have a better advantage point for striking, mm-hmm. which is the essence of the rule sets of jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. So the rule sets of jujitsu was you got two points for the takedown. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was only worth two points because maybe not everyone had great takedowns and they were just like, ah, we want to really work on mat work. Let's just, I'm just going to go to the ground anyways. Yeah, guard. you always see those videos of sometimes people just like, they just sit down just immediately. sit down and yeah, because they want to win the sport. They want yeah. to win. They want to have the medal, get the photo. Yeah. They want to win. Which right. Which is always the, the sure. and, it's, and it's a sport. Yeah. Right? And that was always the fear of Jigger O'Connell for judo was like, I don't need people sitting down every tournament. Because I'm sure that was happening in the yeah. early night in 1900s. Yeah. I'm sure people are like, I'm winning. I'm going to sit down. And it's like, yeah, guys, but like, there's an issue with that. Like, that's yeah. not going to be helpful for like further athleticism down the road if you're yeah. a kid, et cetera, et cetera. Judo had only three weight classes. It might have been even open way back in the day. Mm. Um, yikes. <laughs> but even like at Olympic level judo for like the longest time, from like 1964 and up, it was like lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight. Okay. Do you know how much weight was in between each weight class? It was absurd. Must have been like 30, 40 pounds. At minimum, right? (laughs) And then what happens, they still kind of do it at a certain weight class at uh, over 100 kilos. Yeah. It's just open. It's just whatever. And the females. That's only 220 pounds. Yeah. So someone 220 versus someone 275. Or 330. 350. Yeah. Get going. Yeah. Uh, The women are even more wild. I think it's uh, above 78. Yikes. What is that? Like 185 or something like that? Open. <laughs> Yikes. Whoa. <laughs> like, I mean, bizarre land, right? Someone's got to check me on, on the weight classes for, for judo and kilograms, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm sorry if I'm off on the 78, above 78 kilos. There's 78 kilos and there's over 70 kilos. I'm not sure. Maybe there's another one finally for females. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Some of those females are way above 78 kilos. Sure. Good luck. Um, <laughs> they take that plus to heart. Yeah. So in jiu-jitsu, like the point system went from like takedown is two mm-hmm. passing of the guard mm-hmm. which everyone thinks you get points for side mount but that's just the most common place to land after passing guard sure that's a certain point system and every gotcha. tournament gives different points maybe mm-hmm. MGF gives, gives two for the for the pass or maybe it's like three plus the hold down neon belly is like an additional three mounts four mm-hmm. back okay. mounts four or five it just depends on the tournaments right yeah um, people are like probably could get really mad like how do you not know the points I'm like students go to tons of different tournaments yeah. <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> of different rules do. out like, there <laughs> and a lot of them don't go to the IBJJF tournaments yet because yeah. they're usually expensive they're far away and yeah. I'm sorry I don't have that many competitive yeah. athletes that are dying to go to the IBJJF tournaments yeah. they're just not here yet but yeah. if something arrives in Rhode Island's down the street yeah. they'll go right there Tap Cancer Out is a great example of that mm. um, the Naga tournaments are still popular people do sure. that, like Grapplers Quest all these things so yeah I'm sure one day when someone decides, like, this is what we're doing, yeah. I'll be on the road. Yeah. And yeah. now my question is, like, are my students going to go to IBJJF tournaments or are they going to want to go to ADCC trials? Yeah. Well, if I'm teaching them judo and wrestling from a young age, plus jiu-jitsu, I have no idea anymore. <laughs> so I just let it go. There's too many different yeah. ways you can go about it. <laughs> um, so each subsequent hold-down that you were supposed to get pins or passes are places where you have a better advantage to strike from. Mm-hmm. So they thought side mount, due to the pass, you have a better ability to strike because you pass the legs. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
one could argue hitting from half guard is great, but you don't get any points for half guard. <laughs> Neon belly, yep. better place to punch. Very effective mount, position. Yeah. Really good back mount. Good choking. Super good. Yeah. Well, you can't punch me. I'm on your back. <laughs> yeah. I bottom you out. Two hooks in. Yeah. Your chest is on the ground. Your head's up. I can choke, but I can also just hit you behind the head with my elbows. Yeah. So this is based upon still self-defense. Sure. On one-on-one fighting. Yeah. So those are the major point systems and why they were created. Mm -hmm. Judo has their point systems based on winning, Mm -hmm. but potentially more geared towards understanding that due to multiple opponent situations, maybe the throw matters more. Sure. Yeah. Right. In today's situation, for like, what do I prefer to teach adults? If you're a beginner adult, I would almost always plead and implore you to start with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And the question is, why? Mm. Do I love jiu-jitsu more? No. Do I love judo more? No. I love all the martial arts. <laughs> I have a, I have a, a, a whole affection for, for X amount of them, right? Jiu-jitsu yeah. are like four of us, I believe. Sure. But I prefer to have... This is going to go right into some questions that you might have because yeah. you're very into um, you know, physical fitness and preparedness, right? Mm-hmm. If the primary positions in today's sport-oriented jiu-jitsu is with a floor, a person in the bottom position, a person in the top position, and the primary sport position for judo is two people standing, mm. Why is it that I would choose for today's average male and female? Why would I choose to have them go into fundam- my fundamental judo class as opposed to my fundamental judo class? As an adult? Yes. Um, I mean, the thing that I always thought maybe maybe wrong, but uh, there's just less of an injury risk. with Because if you're throwing, it's... You have to know how to fall. Mm-hmm. You have to. You're a bigger person. Mm-hmm. You, your bones aren't as flexible. Mm-hmm. Yes, injury rate. That's one of the yeah. primary reasons. Injury rate, and the fear of falling. Sure. Is innate in most adults. So mm. every time I ask you to do something in judo, I'm aware. I'm asking you to do something. Your brain's screaming at you subconsciously. <laughs> don't listen to that crazy person. <laughs> yeah. They're out of their freaking minds. Yeah. They, you might be right, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> If I teach you how to do a forward roll, mm-hmm. it could take some people months. Yeah. Due to the innate um, subconscious, sometimes conscious. Sure. Of like, don't fall down. Yeah. Don't fall down forward. You don't land on your head. Now I'm asking you to f- not just fall and accept falling, but now turn over your sh- shoulder area and yeah. head. Sure. <laughs> fall almost you directly on your head. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. That is a tall ask for any adult sure very yeah. tall yeah okay that's on your own volition yeah and now I'm gonna say don't worry this other person is gonna do it to you in a much more potentially violent manner I'm gonna throw you into this position throw you into that position <laughs> so bad that could take years and I yeah. have had years of people and I'll explain how I rank up for that up yeah. to a certain point yeah okay so safety that's one mm-hmm. but there's another major one um, well, thinking back, I guess, to my first classes, it was all about hitting the fundamentals as far as positions. Yeah, you were excellent. Bridge, shrimp, yeah. um, headlock escapes, um, hip heist. Yes. Um, 
So is it uh, is it easier to learn on the floor, I guess? Potentially. For the fundamentals? Yes, potentially. Okay. There's a reason for it. Um, maybe you get more like sensory feedback from the ground? You 100% get more okay. sensory feedback. Yep, that's, that's a huge, huge part. Uh, now I want you to think of each position. So bridge your face up toward the ceiling. Um, what else are you doing though for the bridge? You are um, pressing against the floor asymmetrically um, through your hips. Just your hips. Uh, hips and shoulder and feet. Hmm. It creates the torque. <laughs> I guess I would say feet would be the... Generates generates the force force but what about torque so torque would be the rotation to the hips yes and therefore <laughs> um you can't just have the hips they're for the rest of the body the, the shoulders the spine the spine yeah okay why is this so important in today's world you start with bridging from a bottom position mm -hmm. more tactile feedback from the floor mm -hmm. i'm asking you now to do a glute ham raise okay and then i'm asking you to open up your hips and through an extension to go and bridge and move your spine while twisting it now mm -hmm. you've got your lumbar your thoracic and your cervical most people can't move their freaking spine ah okay yeah they're sitting at a computer all day they're yeah. sitting in an office their yeah. glutes are off yeah their hip flexors are crazy tight mm. they can't even rotate their obliques don't even know how to turn on Never mind yeah. their lats. Yeah. The rhomboids are taking everything. The trapezius think that's what the pulling muscle is. <laughs> the trapezius wants to take over everything. As a fitness person, as a physical therapist, as yeah. a PhD, you understand exactly what I'm talking yeah. about right now. Yeah. You're like, dude, bro, yeah. I know that's what you're really doing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Interesting. I'm creating bodyweight positions that forces you to become intrinsically stronger over X amount of time on your own yeah. timeline. Gotcha. She's like, okay, he wanted to do jiu-jitsu. This is how you move first. How you move. <laughs> as a human being. And I know that your limitations for movement are a direct correlation with your limitations for all movements. Sure. Yeah. So if I can disguise my functional movement screen <laughs> as simply bridging, yeah. rising trips, a back heist, and then potentially inverting or rolling. Yeah. Or moving away. And moving feet in front of shoulders. Sure. I get to see where you're hurt. Yeah. Where you need work on. I get to see ahead of time what's going on. And I never have to tell you that you might have something going on. Sure. I don't have to make you nervous. I don't have to make you uh, uh, subsequently start thinking that you're incapable of doing something. Right. You, I'm, I'm broken. I'm injured. I'm, you may be broken or injured. injured. Yeah. But I know if I can make you do those movements over and over, yeah. you'll be less broken and injured. Far sure. less so. Now, what if I told you to do that for a year? Be much better at it. Be way better at it. Yeah. And now I can start adding weight onto you. That's a human on top of you, right? I right. Put weight on top of you in about two or three weeks. Yeah. You could fail, but it's okay. The yeah. failures, you just don't get out. Like it's yeah. okay. It's not, it's not like a broken failure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Same thing when I teach judo. I teach. Uh, I have a step by step approach. It's online. I have videos. Yeah. Should have put it out to the world. I haven't done it yeah. yet. <laughs> I actually have a, a crazy amount of information for like beginner judo. Gotcha, yeah. Which is the development 
of just not just following techniques, but the mm. development of becoming uke, someone who can receive throws. Mm. Also very important. Everyone has videos <laughs> about how you do throws to people. Yeah. <laughs> you need a partner that knows how to move in order yeah. to take a fall correctly without getting hurt, who still wants to be there the next day to help you learn those throws. Yeah. So as an adult judo player, for a beginner adult, everything is about A, limiting pain, B, mm-hmm. opening up your mobility and capability, which means increasing strength in these positions, which are almost like plank positions, hint, hint, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, or a squat position based on PRI ideas. Sure, yeah. Postural Restoration Institute for all those people that need to look that up. Yeah. Okay. If, 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 um, for judo, I have to teach you the same approach for a functional movement screen of FMS. Mm-hmm. I do that for break falls. Okay. Can you tuck your chin? Mm. can you go into a pike position right that essentially is all of judo it's that pike position and bridging gotcha okay entering throws lifting for throws is a bridge position with an asymmetrical leg thanks huh. John Donaher yeah John Donaher shout out I watched your video and I learned bridging a little bit from Henry Aikens once upon a time Henry doesn't even remember me he was at a seminar of some sort right <laughs> um, but I was watching Don Donaher's pinkscapes and I was like I don't have an asymmetrical knee Oh my God, <laughs> I don't have an asymmetrical knee. And I thought to myself, that's not, that's so good and so bad at the same time. Mm. Bad news is I don't have a bridge. Good news <laughs> is that means my juice gets way better and my judo gets way better. Yeah. If I learn how to bridge sure. drastically. Sure. The next bad news is if my bridge is off, which is the most fundamental thing <laughs> you could probably do for mat work. Yeah. I realized it rebuild the pyramid. Nothing is right. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. arm bars aren't right. Yeah. My triangles aren't right. My omoplatas aren't right. My kimuras aren't right. Yeah. My shrimp can't be right. There's no sure. way. My yeah. bridge is off. My shrimp's off. But my shrimp's off, then nothing's right. My hold downs aren't right. Mm. Now take it off the floor. Yeah. Then none of my throws are right. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Got a black belt in judo from one of the top clubs in the country, and apparently I don't know judo because my bridge is wrong. Yeah. And then later on, I realized <laughs> throws are bridges. The load is bridging. I, uh, I don't have to make a video of that. It's just, that's like a golden goose right there. Yeah. If you manage to watch this podcast at number 42 or 43, <laughs> and this arrives years later, yeah. just know you could have seen it sooner, and you could have known judo and jitsu far easier, far faster. <laughs> that was one of the first things you, you harped on for me when I was, when I was uh, in working with you was like, bridging make sure it's asymmetrical make sure you're doing it yes. properly and like i think i'm doing it you're like you you do think you're doing it you? <laughs> but this is how you actually do it yeah. like, oh okay <laughs> that's why i'm so adamant and i'm so like unenjoyable to be with probably in the beginning <laughs> i'm just unenjoyable sure sure the process is not quite enjoyable people are like i came to learn a choke i'm like oh that's a good story yeah <laughs> i'm glad yeah i can't wait until i can tell you when to choke <laughs> yeah people get really frustrated uh many of my adult male students yeah in their 20s 30s 40s they're like rolling their eyes they're tired of doing it they don't know why they're doing it yeah and i'm like this class is the fundamental class and in the fundamental class you will learn the fundamental movements to escape pins mm-hmm. and then you will learn how to escape pins mm-hmm. and they're like mm, okay i'm gonna go on youtube and look up the moves i want to do <laughs> And I'll cheat the system. I'll go to your open mat. I'll go live, even though I'm not supposed to. So in the class, <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to. I know. Yeah, yeah, I watch yeah. It's my, it's my schools, right? <laughs> so the objective of mine, I'll, I'll say two things about the objective, okay? Um, 
the you were supposed to get two stripes before you can go into the more advanced mm-hmm. class, right? Which is the class afterwards that seems to never end. So um, <laughs> if you get there, set a timer, you know, leave when you can. So right now I only have it two days a week for jujitsu, Monday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Now you go to the Middletown location and get more. Right? Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> Still the same. Got to get out of the fundamentals class. <laughs> yep. Okay. Two stripes. You can. You can. You can never return to the fundamental fundamental class if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Be a fool to skip it. But yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Saturday open mat. Everyone like looks to see if I'm looking and just start <laughs> going live with people. I, I let it go because yeah. you have to give somebody something. Yeah. Where they feel like at least I'm having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the best for your growth? No, but you'll find that out later. <laughs> Matt, what was the test? Do you remember the test? The test was, can I escape from mount, side control, uh, from a blue belt and blue belt or a higher belt. Higher yeah. belt, yeah. Um, was, it, was it, I think it was just mount and side control, yeah. That's it. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm can I do the fun. fundamental movements? Can you do the fundamental yeah. movements? Did you fail your first test? Um, I, no, I think I passed. Did you see anyone else fail it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Many times. Many times, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's five movements, five major movements, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of this you get right from John Donner's, uh, DVD pin escapes. I mean, sure. I'll, I'll have some of this stuff up at some point in my own curriculum online for a lot of my students. Yeah. But I get to give most credit to John Donner for like having the time wherewithal to put down this into video because he could have skipped it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You could be like, everyone knows how to do this, so let's just move on. But he didn't. Yeah. Right? And so I was very, very thankful that he did this. The the ones that I judge people on at the moment, a bridge, a proper bridge, asymmetrical bridging, Mm -hmm. a rising shrimp, not a sliding shrimp, Mm -hmm. both very difficult positions to understand the concept of chin up, chin down. Yeah. Did you know that? (laughs) With the, so the rising shrimp, no, I didn't know that. The sliding shrimp, it would be like you're going across the mat doing it. Sure. And rising, you're actually not moving from in place. You're typically moving in place with the hips coming up. Yeah. there's okay. a relationship, you'd be into this because okay. you have a PhD in this, yeah. right? And I bridge in order to open... This is so important for submitting people and throwing people as okay. well, by the way. In order to bridge effectively, I have to look up in a way. Sure. I should move my head up off the center line. Many times when I'm bridging really well, my nose is almost on the mat. Mm. If I want to shrimp... My hips coming back, mm-hmm. I tuck my chin. Okay. And then now my hips can come back. Mm. If you don't do those, you don't have a good bridge and you won't have a good rising trim and you'll be stuck. Mm. If you want to lift someone straight up in the air, your chin needs to come up. Yeah. If your chin comes down because you're looking at someone's feet because you're afraid of them taking you down, guess what you can't do? Lift them up. Can't do it. Your hips are back. Gotcha. Is it is that kind of along the lines of like the the body goes where the nose goes essentially like wherever you're looking like you're gonna go in that direction? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's not too different from lifting a weight. Yeah. Even though you're going straight up and down on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. You still don't want to like tuck your chin as you look down as you deadlift or whatever. Yeah. Okay, it's not gonna go so well. For yeah. Back. Okay. Um, so the test you watch people fail on the test. The test was bridge rising shrimp back heist. Mm. There's a turtle escape, number one, essentially like a fun headlock escape where you just mm-hmm. have to move your head along the floor or get your feet in the way, okay? Very sure. Helpful. The other one is there's someone on your side and you're kind of inverting around them mm-hmm. with your legs. So you're rolling on a shoulder, inverting slightly, 
Same way when your feet are near their feet, you roll a little bit and your feet go close to their heads back. Okay. You saw people fail and you realize the test does not have wiggle room. If it's wrong, I fail you. And most people do this, like, I did it. I'm like, you sure did, buddy. You failed, but you did do it. And you saw their faces. Their faces were like, they were like rudely awakened yeah. that this was not like, yeah. good enough. Sure. And in most cases in their life, in today's uh, uh, maybe even teaching world, potentially at school, stuff good enough is enough to get past. Mm-hmm. And I say, no. Yeah. Do it correctly. Do it correctly. Or you don't, you don't, or pass. You don't pass. Yeah. You want to quit? The door is open there. I don't yeah. mind. Yeah. I don't care. Right. I care about you. <laughs> I don't care if you mentally can't get over the fact that you don't do something right. You have right. to figure that out on your own. These aren't participation trophies. Yeah, this it's is, like this, is, this, this shows is an legit. accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> I do this because I care about you and, and the growth of this Yeah. Movie. So you get the other thing is everyone's watching the test. Yeah. So, so the it's nerve wracking. Is watching you yeah. perform. You say, I'm ready to test. And we're like, great. Well, we're all ready to watch you. <laughs> Let's test. see it. Well, yeah. here you go. Yeah. You fail the first test. I still let you do it the second test, even if you fail the first test. Yeah. There's got to be a reason for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know that if you don't do the movements correctly, you're not getting out anyways. Yeah. Yeah. You're not listening. I know. You're not being receptive. So the first lesson is when I tell you to do something, it'd be advisable to be receptive and try your best to do it absolutely as correctly as you can. Yeah. Because everything I teach in the beginning, it's going to be so crucial for your, your pathway to black belt, never mind blue belt. Yeah, yeah. And the second one is most people fail the second test. Did you fail the second test? Um, I think I was pretty lucky that day where the class we did, um, we had really hammered in a, sp- a specific mm-hmm. escape and the person that got out of me I just immediately just went right into the yeah. exam escape we did That's and right. I got out within like probably like 10 seconds uh, yes that is <laughs> yeah. that's supposed to happen if you do the right thing yeah. you could be out in 10 seconds yeah. and people were like they did it and then so what can we do and then the second one so I think like we had practiced let's just say like we had practiced an escape from side mount for our first one that was my first test mm-hmm. and you're like alright now mount and I'm like well I practiced this like three or four weeks ago, so <laughs> let's see if I got it. And it was and it was tough. I remember this vividly, and I remember watching other people doing it too. Where I think Kevin was on top of me, <laughs> which also sucks. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> um, and uh, I was trying to get out, and he was just like putting all of his weight on me, and I was and I was starting to scramble a little bit, which I saw other people doing, where they just like their mind just shuts off. Yeah, and shuts just, like, off. Yeah. Scramble mode, like just yeah. freak out, <laughs> freak out. And then I hear people yelling like. Um, Yes, this like, is it. This yes, is good. like bridge, like do this, like um, uh, um, uh, get your knee to elbow, like uh, shrimp out, and 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 I was starting like okay, okay, get back to like fundamentals, like do what I need to do, just like just trust the the system, and uh, I was it wasn't it definitely wasn't easy, but I was able to get out, and I did it the, the proper way on how to get out. I didn't just freak out and get out. Like I, I had to do it. I think Kevin like made sure of that. It's like everyone's gonna make sure of it. That's yeah. the only way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wonderful, wonderful yeah. uh, recall on that. And it's so great as an instructor to like yeah. hear how it was for you because I'm yeah. like, yes, it's working. This is yeah. what I'm doing. Okay. So the rules are for getting out of the pins, no submissions are allowed. Mm-hmm. They just have, and they can't just switch to a ton of other pins. They have yeah. to just stay there. Sure, right? sure. Um, 
but most people will just start like thrashing around. Yeah. And that's not going to work. Now I get someone that's good on top. There you yeah. stay. And then you're going to burn all your energy. And then you speak much more. <laughs> and then you look at the time and like you have 30 seconds and you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't move. Like I'm so tired. Yeah. And they're like, wow, I failed. I was like, right, that pin. You still have to do the other pin. Yeah. I don't care if you fail the first one. The test, you don't finish the test until the test is done. Yeah. And now you're exhausted trying to get a mount or side mount and someone else and a different partner and you're, it's just, it's still going to be a disaster. Yeah. If you're thrashed around, you didn't do the technique. Yeah. You learn very quickly. This is not going to work. Right. So what you said next was when you're able to start hearing other people. Yeah. You can actually hear their feedback. Yeah. And then you realize there's a whole team of people. Cheering for you. Or not judging you. Yeah. Cheering for you. Yeah. You realize the team is here for your benefit. Yeah. We are here for you. This is not an independent sport, even though it's an independent competition. Yeah. And if you can hear people's voices and follow it, you're probably going to get out. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Yeah. So They're telling crucial. you what to do. They are telling and advising you to their best ability. Yeah. And I let anyone chip in. Yeah. White belts that have passed, blue belts, purple, mm-hmm. brown, black, people mm-hmm. are allowed to help you for yeah. the whole 60 seconds that you're in those pins. Right. And if you have the wherewithal and the ability under high stress to right. hear people's voices and hear that they're looking for your best interest, if you can hear them and follow their direction, you are probably going to get out. Initially, it's tough to even hear them just because the adrenaline, the noise, yeah. the noise, uh, it's just so hard. Sometimes I play a little bit of music to really get yeah. people right? <laughs> And so when you fail, yeah. what you did, because you were you watch people and you learn, like, mm. oh, this is interesting. Plus, you have a different personality type. Mm. You might be open to feedback and criticism mm. and listening. And I opened your website and I practiced the moves. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I try. I do my best, you know? Everyone kept telling me I that. I like, want people yeah. to pass. Yeah. I want them to pass. I, if you could pass in like a week and a half, two weeks, I'm yeah. like, congratulations, two stripes. I feel like... It's okay with me. I, I don't need I, you there for six months. It took me a months. while. I think it... Yes, it did. I, but I also didn't say I was ready for a while. That's correct. Yeah, I was like, I think it probably took me maybe like two months. Yes. Alone like once or twice a week. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that's actually the normal time too. Yeah. That's the most yeah. normative. Okay. Um... So, I get so excited about this test because like, <laughs> I just think it's it's been so so helpful for our culture yeah. to build a positive culture. Um, most men will fail mm. once, sometimes twice. I try sure. not to let it a thir- happen a third time. Mm. You're in there a third time, you fail. I turn off the timer and we and I say, class doesn't start until we finish the test, and you're successful. Wow, <laughs> those are the brutal ones, right? Yeah, but you got you got to you got to get to the positivity somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, when people fail for the first time, they're tired, they're mm-hmm. disappointed, they're confused, even. Yeah, they don't get it. They're like, I, I, I totally thought I could get out. Yeah, I, I did my own thing. I did what I thought I could do. I mean, I thought Brett was teaching the stuff that's boring, so I just skipped it. Yeah, or Kevin, whoever's <laughs> teaching that day, and then when they go to walk off. I go, oh, no, you, you, the test isn't done. You mm-hmm. failed it. And they go, huh? I'm like, now each person here tells you what they witnessed. Yeah. And see how you can improve. Yeah. And now you are forced, after just failing, to know that, we one, we expect you to fail. Mm-hmm. Two, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Three, it's not okay not to fix it. Right. Right. And we're all here to help you fix it. So each person is probably going to go over step by step. Mm. how to fix it and now in front of everyone that you thought you failed in front of you'd have to receive feedback mm. and 
you have to like change a lot in that short amount of time because now in front of everyone, everyone's showing you how to help it. And they're looking right at you and they're going over it because they care so much that you get it right. They right. want you to win. And you have to like figure it out really fast mm-hmm. that you got to hurry up, fail fast, and get over it mm-hmm. real fast. Yeah, I, I think going back to what you said about um, especially like how martial arts are probably very important yeah. for <laughs> big picture like society, mm-hmm. especially for young males at, at like this time and yes. Um, I don't know this time in general. Yeah. Um, maybe all they, times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the, especially I was I remember watching someone recently who failed twice, like week mm. back and back week to weeks, and like his like mom was there, and they're like, oh, so excited to get him a belt. Yeah, he was like, that's right. Yes, like, Aiden. sorry, man, you you failed again. Like, yeah. and it's like it's it's almost like I'm not um I don't know him in particular, but it's almost like maybe someone's situation has never yet experience that like life situation before yes, of, like or maybe right. it's the first time it's like hey you failed this is what you need to do to, to fix it yes and uh it's a huge learning experience i feel like it's not just it's not just that mm. they've never had someone care so much mm. that they get it done yeah it's uncomfortable by the way oh super uncomfortable look the whole thing seems super uncomfortable I'm like oh my god yeah just Every, pass him just pass, just pass him <laughs> yeah. pass he's, he's good enough he's sad <laughs> he said he's gonna start crying the mom's watching yeah and i said no yeah right yeah. it's not comfortable for me either totally now yeah. my politeness scale is really low so i'm happy to say like the the most truthful things even if it look even if you probably hate me for a little while yeah, but yeah. my compassion is like off the charts yeah so i don't sure. enjoy it either yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look like enjoy because I do it all the time. I go home. I'm like, I can't sleep. I got killed. I know you made some kid upset. Right. But I'm like, but it's for, but it's because it's coming from a place of love and understanding. Yeah. The yeah. only thing I do is try to explain that I'm coming from love and understanding. My job, my vow, my oath, which we'll go over yeah. in a little bit. I hope I don't start crying on yeah. it. Um, is to improve all my students. Yeah. And I also know that in order to improve my students the best I can, I have to not hate you. Mm. Sure. I have to make sure you do so little to piss me off that I don't subconsciously sabotage your learning. Yeah. I'll say it again. It's so <laughs> important to know that my weakness as a coach directly correlates with my weakness as a human. Mm. And as a human, my brain is more complicated than I'm ever going to really truly figure out. Sure. Like, I don't have full mastery over myself. Like, my room's a disaster right now. Like, I can't <laughs> clean my own room, right? Hey, that's a sign of genius, isn't it? Maybe I heard that on the internet. I, I don't know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can only... <laughs> Geniuses don't make a lot of money unless they can organize stuff. <laughs> At least that's, that's what I tell Liz, my fiance. <laughs> yeah. So, what I'm saying is, I know that a lot of my... Notice I haven't said a lot of my female students mm. because I have outliers that come in as typically as females, females at the current moment, both youth mm. and adult age female athletes. Mm. I'll say this very quickly. My outliers of men that I get, I'll do kids first. It's mm. easier. My outliers of kids are parents come in. My son's getting bullied at school. He's very quiet and he's very timid. He doesn't like to talk to anyone. Other side, my kids about to get kicked out of the classroom he's too wild the teacher's telling me his ADD and, and all this stuff like we, we gotta get him to control himself yeah uh, those outliers are my bell curve in the gym mm. that's my that's my medium okay okay every now and then I'll have a dad that goes yeah we do judo in this house my kids will do judo we know you have a great program here's my child 
Yeah. Okay, but that's not that's not my norm of growth. Right, it might right. become more normative if things get more popular. Yeah. But for my boys, that's typically it. Mm-hmm. My normative curls uh, curve for for young female athletes, mm-hmm. youth athletes. My daughter's trying every sport. She's really athletic, but she hates all the ball sports. Mm. My daughter's really athletic. She doesn't want to try any other sports. Mm. But I can't have her not be doing something. Yeah. Those are my outliers. Yeah. And those are the ones that come in. Yeah. Right. Pretty easy to develop those female athletes, right? Yeah. They're already killers. Yeah. yeah. They already <laughs> have a baseline. I'm like, it's okay. Just, just give me a moment. Like, your daughter's going to be fine. They're like, really? Are you sure? I was like, yeah, watch this. Hi, young lady. How are you? Usually like, hi. Or they're like, don't want to talk to me. Yeah. It's one or the other. Fine. It doesn't matter to me. I go, see that boy over there? They're like, yep. I go, you want me to teach you how to throw them on their head? And they go, yes. What? <laughs> no, excuse me? I can I can, I can, can do that to him? He's he's already kind of annoying me just because he's walking. Like, That's right. I can do that. So, just the way he looks. That's what I get. I get that from the female, my youth athletes. So like, yeah. I know the female athletes are going to be fine. Yeah. But that's just my bell curve right now. Sure. Right? That's just what I have. Maybe it'll change over time. But that's typically get with our cultural... Uh, manifestations of what it is for gender roles currently within yeah. where we're at in the Northeast. Okay, cool. My female adult athletes, there could be multiple reasons why they're coming in. Mm. Most people coming in for martial arts are looking for confidence mm. and are lacking an, a feeling that they are strong within themselves in some fashion. Mm. And this, I can't tell people this, but this is many times what happens, you know, mm. Um, I want to get in shape. I want to get stronger. Um, I want to do something that's fun. And I'm like, well, martial arts can be fun. <laughs> I wouldn't consider it always fun. Yeah. It's rewarding. Yeah. I wouldn't consider it always fun. Um, I want to get in shape. I'm like, pair of sneakers, way cheaper. Yeah. Way easier, by the way. Go run. Go running. Yeah. yeah. It's free. It's free. <laughs> get going. Do some pushups. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to get stronger. I'm like, Get some weights. Yeah. There's all these things. But the idea about martial arts is that, and I potentially like to do jujitsu more than other martial arts because it gives you the avenue and the ability to find yourself by yourself through the aspects of a team and individual environment all in one. Mm. Maybe who you become on the mat through becoming stronger physically, maybe your mental fortitude and strength and your spiritual strength can catch up to your body. Mm. That essentially is a manifestation, I think, of why most people keep coming back. Sure. I can go way deeper on that, (laughs) but I'm still on female athletes, so I bring that up. Because the female athletes that typically come in in their adult age are probably battling something just like my male athletes are. 100%. That's typically what I'm getting. Even the ones like, I I used to wrestle or um, I watch this on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there must be, there could be another reason, right? You never know. Mm. My female athletes come in. They never question that they might not know anything about defending themselves. So mm. they're always listening. And yeah. then I tell them, they're eating it like a sponge. Like, yeah. yep, whatever you say. Yeah. I'm like, do you think you know how to do it? They go, nope. <laughs> you say it again? I'm like, I'll do it again. And yeah. Many of them are kinesthetic learners anyway, so they got to do it through doing. Yeah. Easy peasy. Most of my men, yeah, I, I know how to do this. I got it. <laughs> oh, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just want to like, you know, this is just helpful. Like, I, I'm, like I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Every guy seems to have this conception that uh he knows what he's doing something <laughs> something goes down the street or somebody picks a fight with him in the street they're like 
Yeah, but like if I get angry enough, I got it. You I, know, I'm fine. Yeah. I know a throw a punch. And then you realize very quickly you don't know anything. Yeah. And that's usually the factor that starts making you way less annoying for me to deal with. <laughs> okay. The first test is listen to what I tell you to do. Mm. And if you're wrong by a little bit, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. So listen to what I tell you to do. It's really important. Right. Okay. The next one is slow down. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to get out. You must follow directions. Yeah. And you must be open to the experience of being receptive to others on your own team that we're here to help you, mm. not to hurt you. Sure. You need to become more open. Mm-hmm. Better at inviting information and better at letting other people help you. Mm. Which means your mannerisms and your your um, vocabulary probably needs to change. Sure. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So if I get you to that level, I know that in two or three months, even if you pissed me off by being rude to me <laughs> and you didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. I know that in two or three months, I'm going to like you way more when you first came in. And I can tolerate you. Yeah. And I know that over time, because of that one experience, I'm going to like you even more. Yeah. I may will give you a third stripe because you're progressing so well. Yeah. I'll probably give you a fourth stripe when you progress really well. Mm. And I'm probably only going to give you a blue belt once I can stand you. <laughs> In fact, I probably can't give you a blue belt unless I actually like you. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I don't like you, I can't give you more information. Yeah. Yeah. Something within me will withhold helping you. Sure. Because I'll avoid you. Sure. Not my, I don't mean to do it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't have it's full control of that subconscious. Yeah, yeah. Right? Why would you want to help someone that you don't like? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you want to help someone that even annoys you even, even a little bit? Right. There's so many other people in the room that are highly more likable. Yeah. Do you think... And they're going to take up all your time, too. The likable ones, they, yeah. want, to, they want all your and your help and they're appreciative and they're polite they say thank you they walk in the door they shake your hand they're like yeah. it's so great to see you they give you a hug they call you afterwards they check in on you they say they help out it's, it's amazing yeah if I had that one next to someone that's slightly annoying me yeah wow that's gonna be an easy plus hard choice about who I'm gonna give attention to yeah yeah both ask me the same question I only have five minutes left who am I gonna give it to yeah right <laughs> And it, so that, that almost makes sense into the, I wouldn't even consider it like a, is there a word for the group of people that train in a, like a dojo, I guess? Would you call it dojo, gym, school? So the Japanese, the Japanese word phrasing a lot of things is dojo. Yeah. Do is the way, as you know. It's sure. It's where you can yeah. practice the way. <laughs> yeah. Bingo, right? Yeah. Or Budokan, right? Yeah. Budokan, but we'll call it a dojo for now, a place where you get to practice the way. How cool is that? Yeah. Right. When you start translating these things, and then, yeah. and then I, I mean, the problem is this is the translation that's been brought down over whoever translated it first, so I still yeah. have to, I'll explain this later, but I still need to go back, and my Japanese is, is not good. I tried learning in college, but it's not very good, so my language linguistical skills mm. are impaired. So I'm pretty sure whoever translated the original original translation of some of the concepts from judo could be off. Probably super off. Gotcha. And probably not off intentionally, but I'll explain yeah. all this in a moment. Typically, the and this is a translation that someone told me, so I still have, now I have to go back after this and we'll look this up. <laughs> right? Ka. Okay. Someone's calling us? What is that? That's somebody's... Oh, they're out here. 
Oh, in the that's gym. great. Yeah. <laughs> I was just in my headphones. Sorry, everyone. That's or that might have been a car. I don't even sure. It's so funny. All right. So a judoka. Okay. That means player. There's a TV out here. Stay tuned, everyone. Hey, what's up, man? John likes it, Dave. Hey, we're, hey, John, we're just doing a, just doing just a nice podcast. podcast. Real quick. The Biden administration making oh. some big moves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, turn that off. Oh, yeah. We're up. We'll, we'll wrap up soon. Fred. Oh, God, you can't see me. <laughs> Dude, you can jump in and say hi. <laughs> Let's train soon. So I'm, I'm around. I'm always at Elevates. Elevates for Well, you know, we're going to open a place right here. Where? Here. Oh, you're taking over the cheer up space? Yeah. I'll definitely come through there. Elevate's like kind of far from me. I know. That's why we're going to place in Providence. It'll probably be called the Mayo Ponchi. So Sergi and I and Serge will run it. Oh. Sergi is now a police officer across the street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew that. Um, he graduated, what, six months? Three yeah. months ago? Yeah. Something like that. What's the podcast name? Elevate, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu. The insanity of all. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Who runs the podcast? Oh, I didn't know you run a podcast. Yeah. Bro, I'm going to get, I got to get you on. Yeah, I didn't have a cool. Let's get it. Alright, no. Uh, cool. Sorry about that. Yeah, you're good, man. <laughs> Sweet. I'm happy you came by. <laughs> so, a Japanese cop player. Someone yeah. that plays the game that is that sport. Mm -hmm. A judoka. Jujitsuka. That's what it is. Gotcha. Okay. If you say fighter, you know, that's only one aspect. Mm. So I kind of like saying, when I say like, what, are you a fighter? I'm like, I'm a judo player. But yeah. I play the game. Yeah. Of yeah. life. That's the way. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So uh, uh, the reason I was asking that, because I wanted to bring it back to that point of uh, like someone being like likable in the gym. Mm -hmm. It's almost someone like having like like a, a tight knit bond or a cohesion yes. with the rest of the team. 100%. Like if you're not like willing to be, be a quote unquote team player, like... Yeah. How can we have you advance through the it, ranks and be a part of our club? It's so hard to advance in the ranks because you always have to protect your cult, your culture. Yeah, yeah. You're always throwing out the weeds. Sure. You're always cultivating the plants that you want to grow there. Yeah. It's it, it's you always have to work on it. as a leader. Yeah. Anything bad that happens, it's my fault. And how can you promote it's someone? Ownership. You got to promote yeah. these things. Now, the other reason is you can you can feel a culture when you work walk right through the door. Sure. I'm sure you've been to other jujitsu gyms. Now we walk into the door and you're like. Should I walk out? Like, something's weird. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. And you go in, you're like, everyone's like, did you have a fun time? You're like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, not really. Yeah. Right? Everyone that comes through elevator doors is like, I love it here. Yeah. Now that my mural's on the wall, there's beautiful yeah. paint Those everywhere. Are cool. But the one in Middletown, it's like, it's kind of like a dungeon. So people still love it. <laughs> yeah. Because the culture permeates through the walls. The culture yeah. permeates all the aspects of things. Sure. You need to have a positive culture mm -hmm. of belonging and safety. Mm -hmm. and if you're an unlikable person, and I can't make you likable in a very fast amount of time, how can I ever trust you to let go of a strangle? <laughs> Valid. <laughs> how can I trust you to not break my arm when I give you my arm? What if I'm giving you my arm to work on? Yeah. To drill? Yeah. You could snap it. Yeah. What if I'm giving you my body to throw in judo? Yeah. And you throw me on my neck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do the sheer nature of the sheer true nature of mm. what we're actually doing. Yeah. To us, we're playing a game. It's awesome. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. It's a game. It's fun because we have an environment 
that allows it to be fun and enjoyable. Right. Now, are some of our, some of our players going to be really good and mm. we go as hard as someone really wants? Of course. Yeah. You could trust us not to break you. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we have high-level athletes that will come in. Sure. And that's why we have ultra-beginners that are completely out of shape coming in as well. Yeah. I always encourage beginners that are, like, nervous to come in. I was like, come in. Join the fundamental class. Yeah. Well, can I learn judo? Sure, but you'll be falling fall longer than than you think. Like, yeah. you're going to learn how to fall and move and stuff. In the interim, you could just do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and I know that by the time you come to my judo class in, like, one year, maybe you yeah. get your blue belt in jiu-jitsu first. Yeah, yeah. You come to, you come to judo. I know physically, yeah, it can be hard to hurt. Sure, you yeah, can bridging, yeah, and shrimping and escaping with pressure on you. That pressurization yeah. is built up and built up. You, your bones, your joints—they're—they're they're improving every day. Yeah, you can use the stress. So now I'm asking you to like roll and get thrown. Man, the timeline for me to like have you not freak out being thrown is so much shorter. Sure, compared if you just started judo all by itself. Sure. The amount of time it could have taken me to get you to relax a little bit mm-hmm. could have been a whole year of judo of just like doing your best to figure out something. And you're probably still going to be a white belt in judo. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Or yeah. You could be almost blue belt in jiu-jitsu and I could have actually accomplished the same thing. Sure. Makes sense. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, right? it does. You can't always win that choice in battle with everyone. Some people are just like, I'm just here for judo. I'm like, okay. All right. Get ready. <laughs> I'll still get you to where you need to be in yeah. both stages. No doubt about it. That's sure. my promise. But yes, that's essentially the situation. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we've we've gone on for a while. Hundred um, percent. We'll uh, we'll start to wrap things up a little bit. Um, I need to have you on for a second episode yeah. soon because I have a lot more questions that I've written down. I have um, a lot more stuff to explain too. Um, I'm sorry for everyone listening. If, if this is one, if this is just overwhelming nonsense i'm sorry for that <laughs> hey two, i got a lot out of it that's my that two, is my biggest thing <laughs> number one is as much as i might sound like uh, i'm in command here and i have all the answers like there's still so much stuff mm-hmm. that i need to work on and learn sure. on myself like I, previously i said like linguistically i'm not that talented mm-hmm. in the terms of like translation of basic things sure the other day i realized um there's a word in in judo throw and judo throw in japanese but it's in a judo throw <laughs> It's called Suri Komigoshi. Mm-hmm. And someone translated and has been passed on auditorially from every gym to gym. Like, yeah, like, how do you how do you do Suri Komigoshi? And someone's trying to teach someone this hip throw to hip throw. Mm-hmm. And so in the translation or what people said, like, it's lifting, pulling, hip throw. Well, in America, we, we broke up the words. English speakers broke it up. So we thought one word meant lifting and one word meant pulling. So every time we're like, see, lift, pull, hip, and like people just couldn't do it. They're like, this is bizarre. <laughs> and so I, to uh, one of my black belts or one of the, my lower belts were like, we've been going over this for like an hour together. Can you give us some information? Mm-hmm. Like, so which part are we supposed to do based on which part of the throat? And I was like, you need, it's a hard time out. Mm-hmm. I don't have the conceptual knowledge to break this down any further until you give me a moment to think about it. Mm-hmm. And like, they were like, couldn't understand what I was saying. Like, what are you talking about? You just don't want to answer the question. I'm like, no, you need to understand there are other things at play that as yeah. I've become a better coach, I'm realizing like I have way less answers than I ever thought before. Sure. sure. And a lot of it is conceptual information. My bridge is off. Everything's off, right? Yeah. What if my language is off? Yeah. I look up Surikomi. It means fishing. <laughs> okay. It means fishing, hanging. And okay. someone thought, probably not a fisherman who translated the language. Well, when you reel fish in, you lift and you pull. Yeah. 
Well, that's not true. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true. Yeah. But if you've ever reeled in a giant fish from the ocean, mm. if someone said, just lift and then pull, you'd be like, shut up and help me. <laughs> the rod bends. Yeah. Yeah, you're lifting and pulling, but like, you're reeling. Yeah. And at some point, the fish is coming in and it's hanging. Yeah. That is not the same as lifting and pulling. <laughs> so as soon as I said, it's it's fishing, reeling, hanging, and yes, you could say lifting, pulling, the kid goes, oh my gosh. He just lifts. He goes, oh, they're hanging in my hands after I reel them up. And he can figure it out. That was two weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. So there's a vastness mm. of language that sure. I don't have all the knowledge for yeah right? and and there's a vastness of psychological sociological uh language that i don't fully have yet to fully explain what's truly happening to people mm. uh, uh through chemistry of the brain dopamine serotonin yeah behavioralism phenomenological situations mm-hmm. that are happening all around me that i don't have language to explain how it's working how i'm developing better people yeah i say it's from a test with like pinning people <laughs> and failure and grit <laughs> great okay everyone's <laughs> trying to do that yeah it's like that's what sports are well it's like no you don't get it something else is happening maybe <laughs> because they're hugging each other maybe that's why i teach jiu-jitsu more than my karate because i noticed that when people are holding each other even though they look like they're strangling each other you're still holding each other yeah and you're getting a release of chemicals that you can't get anywhere else sure in today's world of, of the united states and our culture of independentism and also like no rough housing yeah keep your hands no yourself. contact no contact no more hugging between different genders in the workplace because that might cross other issues work in the mm. workplace with two different genders yeah how do you even moderate that sort of thing like yeah. i don't know how to do all this stuff i don't know if we know how to do all this stuff right yeah um and then the last multiple, two years multiple genders right? lack of physical touch in general lack of <laughs> physical touch okay um i should maybe i shouldn't say genders i should say sexes and then multiple genders that might be that might cover the basis of all the things that are happening but you see but you see what I'm yeah saying? yeah like, exactly the water is becoming murky murky of understanding like where do we fit Right. And what are the roles within what that we can do? Yeah. But we do know one rule is don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't touch, I can't get in trouble. Yeah. Well, Fair for enough. the most part. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Least, but in, in the aspect of like that one realm of like yeah. physical issues. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now with COVID, we're like, I don't know if I'm going to have to shake your hand. I can just wave. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that, that got weird too. You notice that? Like, uh, uh, like yeah. shake your hand do I not shake your hand are we bound like in Japan I see why now we're we were doing a lot of elbows for yeah, a while so <laughs> elbow things. bumps okay so what if I told you for like elbows done of germs the development uh, Jean Piaget which I have to do way more reading of Jean Piaget brought up a concept when kids are really young they need to do rough play and the oh, kids okay. that miss out on rough play don't do very well me and my brother got a lot of that yeah you and your brother <laughs> what about the only children yeah what about the children that parents say like no no rough house we don't add violence in the house you know, yeah like, that's not it doesn't yeah. have to be violence it could be something else it could be building blocks of character sure building blocks of confidence and understanding of how to play with others I mean if everything's just like dogs. a game yeah well <laughs> you need to know how to play the game with individuals and with groups of people mm. and so if you miss fundamental blocks of growing up it's going to be very hard to be hanging out with people at school or outside of school and making friends. And if you can't make friends, it can be very difficult to find mentors. And if you can't find mentors, it can be very difficult to develop into your true self, your potential self. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyways, that's why I yeah. teach you in jiu-jitsu, because I, I get to give you the opportunity. Mm. 
to be close to another person mm-hmm. in the idea of a sport or martial art mm-hmm. where everyone's trying to improve themselves together as a team entity in a more individualistic growing sport a place where you can find yourself by yourself but with the aid of other people that are offering help if you so accept it bizarro land stuff wow I know, man deep. i got i got so much more than that but i'll just <laughs> i'll close it down let's just put well let's put a pin on that for next time it sounds then good we can have more papers and research next to me as to what's actually going on what i truly think i'm doing for like the world okay so just all right so i'm next gonna, one i'm gonna uh just do a quick wrap up um obviously want to shout out elevate dojo um Ooh. locations in middletown and exeter um maybe providence yeah we'll August. see yeah yeah August. Well, let's go it, it, it mostly called it most likely be called neo quanchi might you have to understand my family members all have dojos right now and sure. we're gonna keep moving and grooving cool um i can give you the whole business reason for that but i can also give you like <laughs> the concept of the community reason um if i know that we teach great martial arts and i know we can make major change in our mm. individuals plus community maybe we should just open way more of them yeah yeah and that way if someone says like oh i want to go there but it's too far I take away it's too far <laughs> i get more people involved yeah if i get more people involved i get more people i like yes i know how to build people that are likable yes they're helpful and if i can make people who i like your girlfriend your boyfriend your spouse your significant other they're mm-hmm. gonna like you more too yeah you're probably more likable at work you might get a raise yeah <laughs> figure out how to neg- you might figure out why you haven't got a raise because your negotiation skills are terrible because you're not listening and not being receptive mm. not coachable not teachable there we go I like it so if I get more people involved I make a better state to live in I'm all about that that's a big reason why I did the podcast I want to I want to share like how awesome Rhode Island is especially from an athletic standpoint so bring everybody together Um, anything else um, I'll leave you with two things Um, anything else I know we mentioned Elevate anything else you want to like plug or shout out and then if you have one uh, and you you can we can skip this too if you want but if you have one off the top of your head like quote mantra or saying uh, that you really like, like your favorite. Um, what I the way I describe people is, you get the billboard on uh, ninety five. You can take the um, the lawyer one. You can take Tim, the Ross Simon one. Tim Ferriss did this. Tim Ferriss. Yeah, really yeah, well. yeah. So if you have one, I had answers for this. They're gonna be gone now. Um, That's all right. You can put a pin in that one too if you need to. <laughs> so for for all those that are doing judo and jujitsu currently, I would highly suggest reading Jigoro Kano's book Mind Over Muscle. I think I think it's hmm. um a great beginner point to like understand where maybe this all began and could be going. Okay. Okay. That's a helpful one. I know we didn't say books. I'm giving you books. <laughs> My preferred book, the book that I've gifted the most to people, it might be mine over muscle now, but it's usually the alchemist. Oh, I love that book. I got to read it again. Every time I read it, I, have, I find a new part mm. that I'm trying to figure out. Um, billboard. Yeah, I don't know what. Hmm. We you could think about it. You so, can learn for next time too. I'll I'll change it for next time. All right. right now, I would say for the billboard, I would just say like it would be like black white letters. Hold on. Hold on. People are people. Are, I think there's a lot more people that are going through some hard times right now, and sure. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not confident that more hard times aren't coming. Sure. So totally. I would like for all this to realize that. We can get through this as a community and mm-hmm. as a nation if we all understand like let's just if we can slow down and just hold on and understand that we could we can together do this mm-hmm. and that we don't need to be separated 
Love it. I think that's great. We'll just move for I'll, that. I think we'll uh, we'll leave off of that. Brett, thanks for being on. Thanks, Matt. We'll <laughs> Good do, stuff. We'll do number four, we gotta, five or something. <laughs> we'll do it. All right. All right. Roadie Strength signing off. <laughs>